What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. It is Thursday, December 7th. I am Jeremy Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. And shout out to Big Dick MLJ as always for the intro. Thankful you're joining us here on Thursday morning. It is an early, early morning, but we are here. We appreciate everyone who gets up early with us. Or if you're watching on replay, thank you for checking out the show. Regardless, if you're here live in the chat, leave us a thumbs up on the video. Leave us a super chat. Get your question, comment, statement read on the air. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked if you haven't done that. Head over to Fightful.com. Check out all the news. Head over to Fightful Select. So subscribe there, FightfulSelect.com. I think all the plugs and whatnots are out of the way. Jensen, how you doing this morning? <clears throat> I am good. <clears throat> Clear my throat here for everyone. He's right at the top of the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Well, happy Thursday morning to everyone. I see Maggie in the chat. So the Jensen better tell us how the job thing went last week. Put that on the screen. I do not know yet. Um, I had my interview last week. I will say, no joke, I legitimately brought up CM Punk and Cody Rhodes during my actual shoot job interview. And what was amazing is one of so my my managers and then like my and also like my potential managers, if I do get this job, <clears throat> this it's essentially a promotion. It's the same company I work for already. 
but it's uh, it's two women and one of them had no idea what I was talking about at all. They just kind of knew that I like like pro wrestling and I do like a podcast or whatever. But the other one was actually like like she grew up on Dusty Roads when she was like younger. So she didn't really know who Cody was, but she knew Dusty. So she was actually like pretty invested in like the things I was saying. Neither of them had any idea who CM Punk was. But it was funny because the reason it even got, it even got brought up was because wait, wait, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you before you before you tell the story, I want to try to guess this okay okay i i feel like you brought this up because i'm, I'm gonna go uh the very cliche here they they did the where do you see yourself in five <laughs> years right and so jensen is like i see myself doing the work in five years i'm gonna do the work work hard get the promotion i'm you know i if i need to reinvent myself i will do that i i'm gonna finish my story in five years, I want to be at the top of this company. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to throw fits. I'm not going to call out my coworkers. I'm not going to get in backstage altercations with my coworkers. And I'm not going to claim that I'm something that I am not. That's where I see myself in five years. Am I right? I mean, that's that's pretty close. Like, <laughs> what, what, what wound up happening was uh, they the the first reason I got brought up at all was because they were asking me like how I deal with like negative feedback. They're like, Hey, if like, if there's like people who don't agree with what you're with, with you, like, how do you deal with that? And I was like, Oh, it's funny. Actually, I was I, on, on YouTube for an hour and a half before uh, work today, a week ago. Right. And I was like, um, there's a, and that's how I got brought up. Like, this guy called CM Punk. He's really polarizing. I'm not a fan, but he has like a really like hardcore dedicated fan base. And they really don't like what I'm saying about him, but there's a lot of people that agree with me. And I just kind of explained that, like, it doesn't really affect me one way or another. Like, people have their own opinions. And that happens in work also, where I'll get, like, a customer or someone who's upset about something that's, like, whether it's out of my control or not, like, I can't let a few people who disagree with me, like, ruin my whole day. And I'm also always looking for the other side of things, too. Like, if people feel so passionately about something that I don't agree with, I'm at least willing to, like, hear, like, why, like, why do you feel that way? Because, like, maybe there is something I'm missing. And... Um, and then also like the Cody Rhodes stuff, which is kind of like, yeah, do the work, you know, good attitude, that, that type of stuff. And, and anyway, but it's funny because I, I, I don't, I don't know if I got the job or not. Pro probably not. You know what I mean? Probably because I talked about wrestling during my interview, <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know yet, Maggie, if I got it or not, hopefully I'll find something out today or tomorrow. I would imagine they let us know before the end of this week, but, uh, either way, I still have a job. I'm still with a company I was already at. Like, it's not that big of a deal if I don't get it, but. It, it's something I definitely hope, and I, I hope I get the the promotion. But if I don't, I also found out there's going to be another job in that same department that's like the same or similar coming up really soon, where I'll probably have a shot at that if I didn't get this and that. Like, so there's stuff in the works for me to like do stuff, you know, do other stuff in the company. Um, and by the way, I, I, in case this, I do not work for GameStop. I don't want to like misrepresent GameStop or anything. This is just a sweet hoodie. I got this on discount for Black Friday with six bucks. So I was want to buy this, but. Um, I don't want anyone seeing this and being like, he works at GameStop. Let's find him. I I don't. I'm just I'm a, I'm just a fan of uh, stonks and ta and tendies. If you uh if you remember uh, during the pandemic, what happened with uh, with the GameStop stock? I'm I, that's why I'm representing. So I hope you get the job. I hope it goes well. I do love that you brought up Cody Rhodes and CM Punk in this job. It, it, nothing else. You're gonna be memorable for that, right? They're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's the guy who brought up the wrestling. And so hopefully that works out in your favor because you did that. 
Well, the good thing is like they brought it up initially because they knew before I even started this job that I would did like wrestling podcasting and stuff. But right. because I work remotely and I've been working with them for like around two years or so, we don't really see each other and stuff ever, like in person. I've seen these people, I've seen my bosses like twice in person, like ever. And <clears throat> so whenever we catch up, because we don't talk that often, they're always like, how's the podcast going and this and that. And it also came up because I wanted to ask if my hours could be different on Thursday so we could keep this show at the same time, which they were surprisingly completely cool with. Like my current management, every time I ask for something like that, my current manager is great. I, I, I love her, but she takes forever to like make any kind of changes because it's just always like, it's got to go through this person, then this person, then this person. You know how long it took for me to get my hours changed? It was like yeah. six months for me to get one hour change on my schedule recently. Um, <clears throat> this other manager, I was like, I told her, and she was like, oh yeah, like that's not a problem. Like we could, we could actually use somebody working those hours. And I was like, okay, this is perfect then, you know? So, but that's kind of how it came up was, was they asked me how the podcast and everything was going. And, uh, and it actually had to happen to relate to kind of what was going on in the wrestling world and some of the questions they had for my interview. So anyway, thanks for asking Maggie. Thanks for everyone in the chat. And I saw, I actually watched after the fact, I didn't see it live last week. Like I wasn't paying attention to the screen, but, um, there was a lot of people that, that said like good luck and stuff for the interview yes. last week at the end of the show. And I really appreciate y'all. I didn't, I, I missed it live, but like when I went and rewatched our show, I, uh, I, I didn't expect that. So thank you all very much. Anyone who said, you know, good luck or whether I get the job or not, I appreciate the support y'all. Yes. There was, there was an influx of uh good luck and well wishes at the end of the show. Cause uh, you, you, you were logging into work as we were yeah. finishing the show <laughs> last week. Um, so I, I knew you had to run, but yes, there was a, there was a lot of good wishes and uh, good luck comments at, at the end of the show. All right. We got a, as always a busy week in the world of wrestling, a lot a lot to talk about. Let's start this week with you know. Let's let's start with what we watched last night. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. AEW Dynamite last night ended with Christian Cage retaining the AEW TNT Championship, defeating. Adam Copeland, who I've always been a big fan of, defeating Adam Copeland thanks to Mama Wayne, Shayna Wayne, turning on, I guess turning, aligning with, we'll say aligning with Christian. I don't know if she really turned on Edge. She wouldn't associate, sorry, Adam. She wouldn't associate with Adam Copeland, but she aligned with Christian after Christian, you know, took her son, buried her dead husband, she aligned with Christian Cage. Kind of a divisive finish. I don't know if you've seen the online chatter on this, Jensen, but some people thought it made sense and, and liked it, and other people were like, oh, this is very WWE and poorly acted. Where are you at on this finish and in this story, Jensen? Well, I mean, it's we've, we've called for this for like a few weeks here on this show even. Like, we expected Mama Wayne to turn. Um, <clears throat> I was saying it even before before the, uh, before the we're Adam Copeland. Before I even do this, I actually happen to have this right here with me. This this old uh, radar superstar. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do we'll do that today. Throw this on. Here we go. That's unfortunate. Boom. Um, this 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 just just during the edge segment. We'll we'll, we'll throw on a, a little old school beanie here. I was cleaning out some of my stuff and saw this. Um, <clears throat> okay, it was predictable. It was very WWE. I will say this. I understand both. Once again, this is like understanding both sides of the 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 coin here because like. On one end, 
I totally understand the idea of like, these guys haven't wrestled with each other in so long. They were marketing this thing. Like, you know, it's been building for 40 years and all this stuff. And for it to end like that is, I understand why people would be upset about that. I'm, I get it. And I, I understand kind of the, you know, the overacting and, and stuff too, maybe, or like, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people who are indifferent about Nick Wayne's mom even being like involved, especially like to this level on the show for something so important. Um, I'm not necessarily saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying I can understand why people would like would or wouldn't you know want to what would would or wouldn't like enjoy it. I guess, but I mean, <clears throat> I guess I don't really have a huge problem with it, mainly because I was expecting this to happen. You know, like I just kind of saw this coming from like a mile away. And especially when the ref went down, I turned to my brother and I was like, oh, here's Mama Wayne any second. And, and the, the belt's right there in the ring. Like, you know, it's going to be a whole thing. Is that literally exactly how it played out was like incredibly predictable. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. Like being predictable in pro wrestling isn't always a bad thing. Um, sometimes you have to be predictable. Like, like for instance, if, if Adam Cole winds up being the devil, that's pretty, that's really predictable. Pretty much everyone expects that. But like, it would make total sense. Like there are there are certain times where you just have to do do the logical thing and what makes the most sense, even though it's predictable. So, from all those um, stances, like I, I kind of see all sides of this. I mean, ultimately, this is this is built to. They're clearly going to have another match at World's End, and I, I imagine they'll have like a TLC match or whatever they're going to be allowed to call it in AEW. Um, so I don't really have a problem with it because I see the bigger picture here. And I do like that Nick Wayne is such a like like such like a highlighted part of the show so quickly because I am a big Nick Wayne fan and I love what Christian's doing. And I'm kind of indifferent to Mama Wayne. Like I don't really love her or hate her. Like I I just I understand her role in this story. And I'd imagine at some point we're gonna see her like making out with Christian and stuff. They're probably like really over the top with it, and she'll be mommy and he's daddy, and like it's this whole you know what I mean? So like um and also, just really random side note, but I saw a Sean Ross Sapp's tweet last night where uh, about the Von Erics being on AEW next week, and he tweeted a picture of Christian's face, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's actually genius. I didn't even think about that. So there's still so much you can do with this Christian stuff, but for right now, I'll, I'll say the Mum Wayne stuff was predictable. It kind of played out exactly how I expected it to. It's leading to a bigger match between the two, so I'm really not upset about it, but I, I understand why people didn't like it. It was predictable. I mean, yeah, we talked about it on the show when Edge Copeland concerto Nick Wayne in in front of his mom, and that wasn't going to sit well with Mama Wayne. So it was logical. Like I always dislike because I feel it's a little disingenuous of like, oh, it's predictable. It's predictable. It's predictable. But like, if it's logical, I don't care if right. it's predictable. Like I don't like that's better than me than like, oh, it's unpredictable unpredictable but it's illogical that doesn't make i would much prefer predictable and logical than just doing random shit but it makes absolutely no sense yeah i'm not gonna get into the the mama wayne acting stuff i i the sit down interview wasn't my cup of tea i, I didn't think that was great last night you know she could have she made it a little too obvious she was gonna hit copeland like because she was eyeing him so much and everything just got it just got to stay eyes on christian 
then do the turn. That, I think that's... even I think even commentary was like, "What side is she on?" It was like she. They were like, "Last week, you know, she had to watch her son get hit in the head by Edge." And like, they, I think even commentary played both sides, which I thought was kind yeah. of strange. You figured that they would just be straight up like she's out to get Christian, so that the turn was more impactful. But it was more of like the "What side is she on?" I was like, "It's pretty obvious now." So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was predictable. It was logical. I didn't mind it. The match was good. I do think they're setting up for a bigger match. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you can do a TLC match with these guys. I mean, Edge in a TLC match. That's 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 a that's a big risk you're taking. Christian at least did. You know, Darby took all the bumps in that that street fight, though. Like Christian didn't really take too many of the, the big bumps in that one. Um, I guess it was two out of three falls. They just kind of let the rules be a little bit more lax. Yeah, Darby took the majority of the big bumps, from what I recall. It, it's going to be tough to pull that off, like because you you kind of need a a big bump, and even if you don't need a big bump, ladders are unpredictable. Tables can be a little unpredictable. Chairs you have a little bit of control of, um, but. I don't know if you're going to risk these two guys in, in that match at this age. It's obvious. It obviously makes the most sense because you're hearkening back to years ago. And that's the match that they helped put on the map. But I don't know. That's a, that's a risky one. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's risky. Um, but the way I kind of look at someone like edge and it's not just edge. Like I think CM Punk was the same kind of way in a lot of ways. Um, and there's other veterans that are that are in this, in this position and there's more that are going to come. And this is, I haven't thought about this too much, but just kind of thinking out loud to, because everybody, there's a big debate, right? About like, what, what is AEW? Like, what was the initial vision of AEW? What's the actual vision of AEW now? How much has this changed? You know, Cody being there and leaving the whole stuff with CM Punk, this and that, like, there's like, there's a lot of questions about like, what is this company exactly? Like, who is it for? And, and, and how can it continue to be like an actual alternative to the WWE versus being like, like WWE light is what everyone likes to say. But the kind of the, 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 the bad rap that something like TNA has gotten like forever. <clears throat> I think the three main reasons you'd work, you like AEW kind of like exists and like what it's best for is like three things. One would probably be wrestlers that aren't getting a chance elsewhere it gives it gives a spot for a platform to a lot of indie talent that isn't on WWE's radar or wasn't and was like kind of floating around the indies or you know it's a, it's a good place to get discovered or, or have your have a big break in AEW off of the indies you have like the the stars that are kind of in limbo guys like Adam Cole who might leave WWE and it's like you're too big of a star Danielson these kind of guys where it's like they're too big to be just like indie talents like AEW's gotta pursue certain stars if they're available and then you have like the edge category, um, which I would consider to be like, this is, you go to AEW to write your love letter to professional wrestling, which is actually what CM Punk literally said he was doing when he did like the dog collar match with MJF and stuff. And I legitimately believe that that was the intention. And that, that's how he felt at the time. I, and I think edge is in that kind of mode right now. And I think we're going to see more people in that mode. Like, I think AEW can be used really well. Uh, guys like Sting, you know, it's like, you can kind of have your final chapter in AEW and go out your own way with your own story and kind of your own vision of how you wanted to, to leave. Cause in the, the, in the WWE system, not everyone's going to have that. Even edge didn't have that where he eventually became just kind of like another guy. He was a veteran. People loved him, but like they didn't really make him a huge deal consistently 
Um, and then his last match was just like a random SmackDown against Sheamus. You know, it's like, where's Edge? You know, if you're a WWE fan, he's just gone now. Um, so I think Edge is in that like writing his love letter to pro wrestling phase right now. So I could see him taking some risks like that. I could see him being like, if this is it, like I'm down to have a TLC match. Like if I only have one more match, like this may as well be it. You know what I mean? If I, if I can write my, my, my end of my story, I think that's another reason why Sting goes so hard. It's just like, this is my love letter to wrestling. Like I have nothing left to give. Like, you know, this is yours. I'm, I'm, I'm emptying the tank in front of y'all right now before I get out of this. Um, so that's why I think the things like that are, are possible for edge and for Christian and stuff is because they're emptying the tank. Like they're giving us everything they've got on the way out. And I, I, I respect that. I think they're going to do it by the way. I don't, I don't want anybody to get it twisted of like, I I don't think it's not going to happen. I do think it is going to happen. I think they're going to do it. I still think it's risky, but look, that's also just professional wrestling, right? So I get it. I get why they would want to do it. I get why it would get approved. You know, the Hardys were going to do a ladder match until they, they didn't do a ladder match. Um, you know, the, you, you made a good point about Sting, like Sting still jumping off of stuff and everything. It's just a, it's a, it's a risk to take, but you, that is good about, you know, AW with a lot of these veterans. It is kind of a love letter to, to wrestling, getting, getting to go out the way they want to go out um the the wife actually messaged me of like people end up to be not going out kind of on her terms kurt angle lost to baron corbin and his final match and that was obviously not what he wanted to do he has said this a million times of no i wanted to go out there with cena who was there at the venue at the arena and instead he got to go out there with baron corbin um yeah he these guys are going to get to go out on their terms obviously the thing is is like they're not going out with this match. Like they're going to do the match, whatever happens, happens. And then I assume by this time next year, they're going to have teamed at least once or twice. It might be a team at that point. I'm very curious of what Copeland does away from Christian. What is his story away from Christian? Because he came in and he's been attached to him the entire time, which makes sense. They're going to, it's going to be by the time they get to the end of it, about a three month feud. Um, You know, you're looking at all of October, all of November, all of December with this. And then what is he? And then at some point they're going to have to do the tag team mat or the tag team run. I assume like, what is he away from Christian? That's what I want to know with Copeland. Cause I don't think he should win this title, but at the same time, I can also see him winning this title. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <clears throat> I think he probably will win this title because it's going to continue to be defended, I'd imagine. I don't think Chris is going to lose it to anybody else during this. And then you can also, if you have a TLC match or something like that, you can hang the title above. You know what I mean? And that's like... Yeah, nobody gets pinned. Right. So, I mean, and also, like, kind of what we're talking about here, I saw um, some... I'm assuming it was, I, I'm really bad about this like surface level of just seeing stuff on Twitter while I'm working. I don't, I don't dig too deep in a lot of stuff, but was it from Alba's show about uh, the Hardys, how they feel right now about AEW? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause I saw, I saw like that also. And I, it's, and I, I, I imagine that was the case because you don't really, it's kind of strange, right? Like the Hardys are like, they're available on AEW together as the Hardy boys. And like, you don't do anything with them. 
it's like, and they're talking about feeling like ghosts backstage and stuff. And I'm like, like, so I, I feel like if you're edge, stay in this spot as long as you can, right? Like do the TLC matches, figure something out with Christian. that's going to be really interesting. And then outside of that, I don't, I don't know what the biggest stuff for him is outside of Christian, but I mean, there's a story to be told about him like attempting to win the world title or like there, there's plenty of good talent in, in AEW for him to wrestle that he's never wrestled before. Um, but my point, my point with bringing up the Hardys is like, you don't want that to happen to like edge and Christian. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's, it is kind of strange. I, I understand too, by the way, that like there were some opportunities for the Hardys right when Jeff came in and then Jeff was gone. So like, I, I get that there was things that were derailed with him not being there. Right. At, you know, I get that. But at the same time, you still have the Hardy boys on the roster. And like, I always forget they're even there. And then when they are there, it's like them and like Isaiah Cassidy, teaming or whatever it just it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like we're seeing the the hardy boys on like their final run right now doing anything really important so um i feel like edge you know edge is in a really damn good spot in comparison i guess kind of what i'm getting at the thing with the hardys is we kind of know why they're in this spot like do yeah. do i think that they could mean a little bit more yes but they were gonna win the tag titles, and then right. Jeff got a DUI, and he had to go away. They tried to do what they could with Matt. That stuff wasn't really my cup of tea or anything. Um, and Jeff came back, but like I don't blame Tony or anyone for not fully trusting them in a bigger spot. Now, do I think that means they should lose every single match and like be kind of? Uh, I don't want to say wasted, but it'd be kind of downgraded. No, I do think they could get a victory here, like a rampage victory of just like, hey, the Hardy's won cool. Because if you just beat them, and this is, if you listen to the podcast with, with Matt Hardy, it, the context is a lot better. Of He's basically just saying like, make us mean a little something. So when we do lose and we do want to elevate somebody, that actually means something. If they just get beat every time, it doesn't it doesn't serve any purpose. They're just jobbers right. at that point. It's like, okay, you beat the, the legendary Hardys, but like everybody's beating the legendary Hardys right now. So like, who cares? This win doesn't mean anything. Literally everybody beats this team. So I understand yeah. their frustrations there. And I think that like really any wrestler, honestly, certainly guys who have been around as long as they have and have been to the heights that they have, they just want something substantial as a story and not just here's random match on dynamite, go out there and lose. Maybe you'll be on TV in the next three weeks. Maybe you won't like, I get their frustrations. Yeah. On that. I'm with, I'm with you too. And then that's, I mean, that, that totally makes sense, but also you would think that they would, if there's a possibility of edging Christian, like reuniting in the near future, which I expect to happen. I think everyone does, but we're, we're going to see some sort of edge and Christian run. I think before the, those guys are done on AEW. one of the big matches would be them and the Hardys. And it means a lot more if the Hardys aren't losing every time we see them on TV going into that. But yeah. at the same time, listen, I, I'm also not going to totally discredit the other side of this. Like, like what we're saying and what some of the people in the chat are saying, like there were opportunities that they were going to have. And like yes. Jeff is on his 1 million strike in the wrestling business. I, I totally, I totally get that. Um, so they're kind of, some of this is their own, their own doing. And I, I get that, 
But at the same time, it's also like there's a lot of wrestlers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making excuses, by the way. I, I don't condone people going out there and getting, getting DUIs, especially multiple times and stuff. Like that's moronic to do that to yourself and the risk you're putting other people at. I'm not justifying it at all. I'm just saying there's been a lot of people in the wrestling business who have had chance after chance after chance. It doesn't really matter because they're such a big star. Jeff Hardy is kind of in that in that for me as far as like if you ask anybody that's anywhere around in their like 20s or 30s, even a little older and stuff, even if you're not a wrestling fan, most people know who Jeff Hardy is or they've heard the name or they've seen a clip of him jumping off a ladder or something. They, they A lot of people like still will associate like, – it's surprisingly in my experience when i talk to non-wrestling fans they'll bring up like austin the rock hogan but a lot of them will be like dude i love jeff hardy like when i was growing up jeff hardy was my guy and so it's like he's still it it just feels like he is kind of like a ghost walking around he is kind of a, a shell of himself i guess in a lot of ways but a lot of it is his own doing i'm not discrediting that but there's like this weird balance you kind of have to play where it's like it's still jeff hardy it's still the hardy boys you still got to figure something out that makes sense but at the same time, if you're Tony, you can't, it's tough to like, I understand it'd be really tough to, to like, to have like a, a like a booking, like I like have the book right in front of you, right? And you got the pencil on the book and you're writing out and you're like, okay, six months from now, I'll do Edge and Christian versus the Hardys. But you can't really commit to that because you don't know what Jeff's going to do between now and then. You know what I mean? So like, I, I, I get it. I get it, y'all. They're definitely taking it, you know, as, as slow as they need to take it with the Hardys and, I really think the only match for the Hardys right now is Edge and Christian. Like that's that's a match. I, I think people still want to see that match. I don't think it hurts anything if you give the Hardys victories on Rampage against ROH Team A. You know, like a quick win. Like just give them some victories to build them up a little bit. The tag team division in AEW, mind like it, it's just kind of it's there right now. Like it's not like they're doing a whole lot with the tag team division. Like Starks and bill are the, the champions. They are two singles guys. I mean, Ricky even says I'm a singles guy who just happens to be a tag team champion right now. Like they're facing Omega and Jericho who are largely a thrown together team. The bucks are doing stuff. Um, The acclaimed, they haven't been on television. I mean, I know that the trio's champion, but like they've been on television since that attack, have they? Am I, I missing something? So. I, not them? that I can, not that I can remember. Not that I've like, seen. I, if they have, they haven't done anything like FTR's there, but they're feuding with House of Black in a feud that I don't know who's the babyface and who's the heel, and that's a odd feud to me. Um, I feel like I got to be missing some teams here, but like nobody's coming off the top of my head of, oh yeah, here's a tag team in AEW. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, and I'm also I you bring up a good point about like the Hardys beating like beating just like random ROH teams or whatever, like just to keep some wins going. That's actually a really good idea, and I'd, I'd say even more specifically, have them wrestling guys like Brannigan and Radrick and those kind of guys that we're always talking about that like go in for RH tapings or whatever. They might not even be signed. Like let's let some of the Hardy boys fans wrestle the Hardy boys. You know what I mean? Have them have the Hardys beat them. Like it's a win-win, right? Like you'd have, you'd have some of their, some, some wrestlers getting to wrestle their favorite wrestlers in real time. Like, I mean, lifelong goals. And then the Hardys are getting wins back against teams that aren't like the top of the top, but they're getting W's. 
Like that would be, that's actually a really good idea. Just having them getting just wins over like indie guys that are coming into shows and stuff like that. Like, um, but no, I mean, other tag teams, man, like, I mean, they got like the war horsemen and stuff under contract. Like there are people that they like they have, but I don't, have the war horsemen even like wrestled on AEW outside of maybe getting squashed or something as a tag team. Like, I mean, there are teams there, but as far as like the ones they, that are being pushed, you you mentioned them all, I think. And most of them aren't even like real tag teams. They they teamed with Kip Sabian um for the one-off the Work Horseman did. I remember when, you know, FTR did the open challenge and people were like, oh, this is really exciting. And FTR had the the matches with um with like Iron Savages, Work Horsemen were one of mm-hmm. them. And people are like, oh, this is great. Like they they elevated these teams, and then those teams were never on TV again. It, like that open challenge didn't really accomplish a whole lot because nobody actually got any substantial time coming off of that. It was just matches for the the sake of matches, which kind of became the point of a lot of these open challenges that they were doing just every single week in five different divisions for a while. But yeah, the, the tag team division, it's you know, people are saying it, it fell off like. Hey, it's well and chat help me out like am i missing well a team? You're, like, you're missing i legitimately a, want to know you're technically missing a team but i mean think about this the ring of honor tie champions who are they that doesn't count but i'm just saying like that's like across the board like tony khan booking both these companies that's not even a real tag team and that's the that's the tag champs and it's like mjf and whoever's available but him, technically mjf and adam cole are both two singles wrestlers as a tag. you know what I mean? it's actually the same thing for ring of honor it's all across the board. It's just singles wrestlers that are being thrown together for storyline purposes or because there's nothing else going on. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... And listen, I actually... This was a fear of mine when they brought in the trios titles. And I'm not saying that this is like a product of that, but I had this fear of like, you bring in these trios titles and then you're going to start... Like, does that mean that these teams have to mainly focus on on trios? Because like the acclaimed is mainly doing that. And like, you know... You know the elite was mainly doing that when they were and like in the house of black and same kind of thing. And I don't know, I think it convolutes a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not necessarily saying the trio titles are a bad idea, but like, I mean, I completely forgot the acclaimed held them until you mentioned it just now. So yeah, the, the trios division doesn't really exist at this point either because yeah. the, the champions are, has been on television for like a month now. Um, the, they're, they're doing the C2 and that's taken up a lot of time and that's been really good. And, you know, other stuff is just going to have to go on the back burner because of it. And that's largely what we're seeing now. Just stuff has been on the back burner because they're they're having to fill time with the, the C2 matches. And again, they took out the acclaim. I do wish they would reheat up the tag team division a little bit, though, whatever they can do. And I don't know if Edge and Christian are the, the guys that, reheat to bring this all back around i don't know if those are the guys that that fully reheat the tag team division but you know when when we get there we will get there and i'm sure they will have a tag team title match against ftr when they're the five-time champions yeah i'm with you i I totally see that happening uh the other aw spotlights is speaking of one half of the roh tag team champions uh mjf laid out by a broken bottle in the back. We were supposed to get MJF and Samoa Joe against two of the devil's men. Uh, Joe came to the ring and the spooky lights flickered and went out. And then there were the, the Kenny Omega called them the putty men from yeah. power Rangers uh, were surrounding the ring. And we saw MJF laid out backstage with a 
glass bottle, a beer bottle, allegedly. Um, and, you know, we had the promo between MJF and Hangman Page a little bit before this. So the idea is that Hangman Page, where MJF did accuse Hangman of being the devil. And so the idea is that Hangman is the devil and that he attacked MJF or that Hangman is just being framed as the devil. What are your thoughts, Shinsen? Well, I think Hangman is definitely being framed. Um, we're trying to think. I so, hope Eggman's being. I hope Eggman's being Fred because they don't need him as a heel. No. What are we doing if we're making Hangman Page a heel? <clears throat> well, and it's funny because he's almost getting like a heel reaction to a degree because people love Swerve so much now, which is kind of interesting. It, it's been strange seeing Swerve get so over being that character, but his his work is so good that like he's he's over. You know, it's I don't I I, I don't mind it by the way. Like I think he's doing great stuff, Swerve. Um, and I'm really looking forward to Swerve versus Moxley. We'll, that, we'll be talking about that next week, I'm sure. Um, but as far as the, I mean, I I know you tweeted about it, and I've seen a lot of people mention it. I mean, real glass. This is the, you know, we got the real glass with the bottle. We had the real glass with what you're talking about just now with uh, the acclaimed uh, being taken out. So if it isn't MJF, which I still, or sorry, if it isn't Adam Cole, which I still think it's very, likely adam cole there's more and more clues there leading towards jack perry which like i'm totally fine with too i've said it before on the show if jack perry returned and his theme music is cry me a river by justin timberlake then this is all worth it um but i mean i i think it's really clear that like that obviously hangman's being framed for this but i, I like that he's involved like i like that they're keeping hangman you know in this upper in the main story of the company um because hangman i don't want i don't want him getting lost in the mix coming out of that that swerve match because that swerve match was awesome and hangman's awesome and he means a lot to AEW. um but yeah i mean i, I guess I'd, I'd ultimately yeah to answer your question i think hangman is is definitely being um being framed and then also the you know samoa joe them the henchmen or whatever being around the ring um one of them don't know if it was or not, but like th there's more and more hints that like this is undisputed era. It feels like, you know, like one of the guys was moving around like Kyle. I don't know if it was Kyle, but there is, there's been stuff about him being backstaging and recently and stuff. I love Kyle O'Reilly. Love he's, Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorite pro wrestlers ever. I, I really, really hope he's healthy again. His health means more than him being back because I know he, he went through it with this recovery, but like, and Kyle was just, catching his stride in AEW when he got hurt too. Like he had just beat Darby on like pay-per-view or whatever. And like, I, man, he was looking, he, he lost to Moxley in like the finals of that tournament. Like Kyle was right there. Um, so I'm hope I'm hoping that that's who ultimately is behind all of this. I, I hope it's Adam Cole is the devil and it's like Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. I mean, maybe, maybe Bobby Fish is back. I don't know, but like maybe, maybe they got, yeah, I would love to see. I, you know, you all know I love me some Bobby Fish. Um, one of the guys looks like Wardlow, um, which would make sense if he's involved, given his history with MJF and stuff. Like, um, but also last night leads me more and more to believe that MJF isn't the devil, even though technically we didn't see the attack and it could have all been planned. But the thought now is like they mentioned earlier in the show that like, like Hangman basically said, 
last week you made it look like your own people were attacking you. Like, but you know, you're not really getting heard and like this and that, like you're just trying to throw us off. We know you're the devil. You've been the devil the whole time. And then the next thing we see is the, is MJF laid out with a, you know, he got hit with a beer bottle. Um, I doubt it was James storm. Everyone, I doubt it was James storm. Um, although that would be cool. Shout out to the cowboy, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with everything, I guess. I don't think it's James Storm either. He did he did tweet about it though, which was funny. Um, I still think it's Adam Cole. I think that makes the most sense. The real when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details glass stuff is kind of they're either doing a good job of playing that up or there's just a happy coincidence i do think that it's leading a little bit more credence to jack perry being the devil um i don't i wouldn't fully be on board with jack perry as the devil i think it's fine but I think Adam Cole makes the most sense for the story. And as we talked about, like, okay, maybe that's the predictable answer is Adam Cole, but it's also the logical answer. And so I'd much rather that than like Jack Perry, which is a little less predictable. There's some logic to it. You can always tie it, tie it back around and everything. But mm, Jack Perry feels a little underwhelming for for me compared to adam cole in the story that has been building i still think mjf is is still a possibility Same. mind you of, yeah. of just he is kind of taking himself out as far as the execution of it last night the lights flickering and then the lights off and then they're gone didn't really need all of that the men surrounding the ring and everything that felt i know Corey graves is just like trolling and getting reaction when he tweeted about retribution last week man that felt retributionist last yeah. night like them just like standing around the ring like oh we're gonna come we're gonna get you and joe's just like and then we go backstage and there's mjf laid out yeah kenny omega's tweet didn't like help things like the funny patrol yeah, like him equating yeah. them to Putty mm-hmm. Patrol and being like, oh, it's Rita Repulsa and everything's like, man, Kenny equating this to basically geeks in the Putty Patrol did not help anything on this. Dude, I brought it up last week about how I was like, the Nick Wayne stuff reminds me of Tommy Oliver's uh, yeah. like Green Ranger, like his intro story is like the evil Green Ranger and stuff. And I was like, I wonder if that's Will Washington's doing because I know he's a big big power rangers mark and then kenny tweets that and i'm like oh that's right they're all power rangers marks in AEW. that's right that's why i love these people so much um 
So that actually just kind of reinforced. I was like, oh, there's definitely Power Rangers vibes in some of these AEW storylines. If, if, if one of the EVPs is tweeting about the Putty Patrol right after. Um, yeah, man, I, <laughs> I mean, all they really needed was that chainsaw, right? Come out with the chainsaw and start, you know, start cutting the ropes. And then like people would really, I mean, I don't know why they're, I don't know why, I don't know why they're presenting it like this. I think it's a bad idea. I, I, I think that they should do everything they can to make people not compare this to bad WWE storylines. And like, that's, they're like leaning into it almost. It seems kind of strange, but. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a, it's weird what they're doing with, with this, that, uh, that they're, they're going this route with it. Like I'm fine with, I understand that they, that MJF is taken out because Samoa Joe left him. You know, the, the thing has always been Samoa Joe is going to be around, protect him, have his back. Well, Samoa Joe left him. Like I would have just been fine with lights out, even though they do that gimmick way too much. Lights out screens on mjf is laid out the whole them being around ringside gimmick was just like uh is that part necessary on this like right. it just came off and then the lights flickering and everything i was like uh this comes off a little a little low rent here. yeah i agree i was kind of kind of cheesy i, I did mean, like go ahead. oh sorry go ahead. i was gonna say like i know a, a shock in the, in the chat mentions if ali is revealed as the devil then it's full circle and i know a lot of people actually said that i thought that myself but that would be a really that i think is like worst case scenario and i, I like ali it isn't like but like if they if their big reveal for their aew story that's been going on this long is a continuation of a piss yeah. poor awful wwe storyline like I, that's like that's at that point, I start really questioning Tony Khan. Like, I don't, I'm like, dude, what, what do you, what do, you, what are we doing now? You know, like, don't, would you, what do you really want? What you really don't want to do? And this storyline kind of does this, and that's why I think people get so, it's so polarizing too. Is like, a people don't want AEW. Like, you don't want to be reminded of bad WWE when you watch AEW, and that's why, like, the companies like Impact and stuff or TNA and stuff has all like so much of their criticism has always been. Ex WWE people, bad WWE style storylines, Vince Russo booking this and that. And it's like, don't do that if you're AEW. And like, they're kind of doing that right now. So, but the thing is, I do have faith in the the people making the decisions in AEW that the payoff is going to be good, or at least in in theory. I think their intention is really good. The problem, and where I get a little skeptical, is like these is this all the same people that are responsible for like the explosion with Kingston and Moxley and stuff too. Like that was a big blow off to a massive angle and like a literal dud, you know, like, so that's, you know, that's why I think about this stuff too, a little bit where I'm like, I, I think, I think they have a really cool idea in mind that totally makes sense to them. And it might be awesome for us as fans, but it also might be a dud because we've seen that before. And that would be, that would really hurt right now, especially when WWE has got all this momentum and they're the AEW, the perception right now isn't that great, especially with the fans with how CM Punk left. Now he's back in WWE and all this stuff. And it's like, if you're the AEW, you don't want to give any fuel to the fire of being like a low rent WWE product. And like when you do stuff like what we're talking about, it looks like that. So you better have you better have a real plan here that's gonna pay off like the AEW fans in, in like a good way. I think Ali is a worst case scenario. I agree. Of, for the for the same reason. You said of uh, if you reveal Ali, you're literally just doing it because it was a thing in WWE. Like that's the tie. 
And you don't want that tie. Like you just don't want the reveal is this didn't work out in WWE, but I have a history of being a hacker and leading a group and I'm going to get it right this time. And it's like, uh, I don't think people really care to see that. Like that does not scream alternative. That screams, it literally screams of something WWE failed at. And now we're going to try it over here. Just don't do it. Just do it better by doing basically what you're doing and then having a better payoff and a better reveal, not the reveal being a failed WWE project. That would just yeah. be, yeah. Well, I mean, just imagine if like Ali came back and like, it's like revealed that like, like the guys take their masks off and like, it's like Roderick strong is one of them. He's like, yeah, everyone, this is strong neck. All right. And then like, they like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 you know, Bennett pulls his it off. Yeah, Smiley. You know, like it renames them all like Retribution members. I mean, it would just be the... I'd probably stop watching AEW, honestly. I, I love AEW, and I'd be like, if y'all are redoing Retribution, click. I'll find some, I'm, I'm going to go to Dave and Buster's for half-off Wednesdays now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't... And, and Dave Langer in the chat said, AEW is crushing it right now. Listen, I... I think AEW's product is still great. Like I overall, like I, I love AEW. Don't get me wrong. I'm being a little critical on them because of this, like one particular story we're talking about with the retribution type stuff. But I'm also not one of those people. I think AEW is like in trouble. Like I don't, I, I think in comparison to the WWE, there are far, it, things have changed, right? The pandemic's over. WWE is in a really good spot right now. AEW is still in a very good spot in comparison to any other professional wrestling company that's ever attempted to be a professional wrestling company. AEW is doing fantastic. They're doing very good business. They're making a lot of money. I'm not worried about their actual business at all. Like a lot of people seem to be or the ratings or whatever. I'm really not like that. But these are the kind of things that make me a little skeptical about the future of the company. And I just, because I love AEW, I don't want them making bad decisions that are going to like turn off part of their fan base. I'm, I'm with you. And I know Jimmy and uh, Sean did a thing of, uh, of, uh, you know, all oh, the sky falling with AEW and everything. Like, no, I don't think that's the case. I understand ratings are what they are. I understand tickets are what they are. Like, do I want it to get better? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I don't think it's, they're about to go out of business type of thing no. it's just you know it's a it's a cold period a little bit when it comes to ratings and and ticket sales and they gotta find a way to make it hot again and that's uh sometimes easier said than done but i think the the product since really since the c2 started has been good because you're giving us matches with stakes and all of these matches have been really good there's some stuff that they can improve on but i mean like there's some stuff every company can improve on that's just how it goes in wrestling but yeah i don't think that they're not going out of business tomorrow everyone who thinks that is just you know they're trying to they're reacting on social media yeah. they have to go to the extreme which is always stupid and all we're doing right now is kind of spotlighting like one kind of small negative about a story that could wind up being awesome with the payoff i don't even think it's out. a negative so yeah. I, I didn't actually i didn't actually like mention this part of like the hangman stuff like i like that hangman is now involved Same. in this like i i always want hangman to have a prominent role on television i i've said it many times on any show you've watched me on he should be the top baby face he should be the top the top baby face like that's just 
it's there. It's right there for them. And this is a good way to potentially babyface MJF or not MJF. He's kind of already a babyface. Uh, a good way to babyface Hangman Page even more. Good. That's what he. That's where he should be. Like I want them to be. That that's that's what I want out of uh, AW and and Hangman Page. I'm glad he's not going to get lost in the shuffle after the Swerve feud because that could have been a real possibility. No, he's going to be part of this. I don't know where it goes with him. He's being framed on this, but I, I assume it's revealed that it's not him. And then he has a gripe against whoever the devil, MJF. He has a gripe against any of these people, but that's the main event story for Hangman Page, which is great. Put the title on Hangman and then do Swerve and Hangman all throughout 2024. And I'll be very happy. Yes, I'm with you. Good stuff. And like, and like Chi-Town Spurs is saying, I completely agree. We're, you know, we only, we only pick a couple topics a week because we only have so much time. And most of the time we're pretty positive on most stuff. And like, even if we're negative on something, like one aspect of AEW or like, you know, skeptical about something, like Jeremy's saying, like, I'm, I'm saying like nine, the other 99% of the show, I thought was great. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I AEW is not in any kind of trouble just because they're running something that looks kind of like retribution on television right now. No, I, I like the, the MJF part. I could have lived without the putty men. Kenny Omega is making fun of it. Yeah. All right. You got the own EVPs. Babe. Maybe that's a sin. It's because it's Kenny Omega. Omega. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he is one of the putty patrol. Oh. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that is very true. Um, all right. Let's move on to, to WWE. We'll talk about stuff we hate in WWE too. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes surprisingly Cody Rhodes is my topic this week Cody Rhodes Shinsuke Nakamura the the promo uh from from Raw where Shinsuke said you know me and you are a lot alike here Cody we both won the Rumble we both failed to finish the story at Wrestlemania now I'm gonna finish your story Mm -hmm. Jensen Shinsuke Nakamura should win this feud should he should win they're they're facing next week on Raw he should win that match, I assume, by low blow or nefarious means and everything. And then Cody wants his rematch and whatever. Joel Pearl's been pitching a cage match for about five months now between Nakamura and Cody. Nakamura should win that as well. I think Nakamura should win this feud. I'm not saying this to troll you, by the way. I'm legit. I legitimately feel this way, and here's why. I think he should win this feud because he's going to... He already lost the stuff against Rollins. I don't think you can keep beating this guy in this manner and then still trying to present him as a killer. I think Cody can take a loss because it's not going to be clean or anything like that. And then Cody is going to get the redemption arc anyway. Adversity, adversity, adversity. He's going to get the redemption arc anyway by probably winning the Rumble and probably winning at WrestleMania. And then you've got an immediate contender to him with Nakamura after he wins the title because Nakamura can come out and be like, hey, Remember the last person to beat you? It was me. Like, you basically took the stuff that I took from you. You did get to finish your story after I'd already beaten you. Now we can do, now you have the built-in feud between Nakamura and Cody after Cody wins the title. I realize I'm working in absolutes here when it comes to Cody Rhodes, and maybe that, uh, you know, we saw how that worked out last year with, with Cody, I guess this year. So I understand there might be a little hesitation there. But I think that Nakamura should win this feud. Okay, so I disagree about Nakamura winning the feud, but I will say I really enjoy what we've gotten between the two so far. 
Um, I'm sure I've said this before on the show, but Shinsuke Nakamura is my favorite Japanese wrestler of all time. Like I, I, I used to subscribe to New Japan, like almost specifically for him, like the New Japan World Service. Like when he was the Intercontinental Champion for New Japan, especially like some of my favorite stuff I've like ever watched in wrestling. I was, just, he was just so different, and I loved his NXT run. I loved his match when he came in with Sami Zayn. And I've always been a Nakamura guy. Like he, he kind of got lost in the in the shuffle over the last couple of years and stuff. But like, I've I'm I'm a big Nakamura fan. I really am. So like, I'm I'm really happy that Nakamura and Cody are, are having a program with one another. And I also really like the presentation of Nakamura. How they're letting him speak Japanese and doing the subtitles. I think that's like it's just different, right? Like we just don't like, and it, and it comes across like he's like a movie villain or something. He's like cutting these. He's cutting like a like a movie villain promo with with like it's it's like i'm watching a i don't i don't know it's it's like i'm it's like i'm watching some i, I recently so i recently got into anime a little bit i don't even know the name of the show it's like this basketball anime show and it's japanese but they dub it in english and the the, the dubbing is a little off because like you know they're translating it but i've gotten kind of i i've i've started to really respect kind of what like what anime is i never really got into it. i never even got into dragon ball and stuff before but when I was watching the Nakamura stuff, maybe just because I've been watching the, these animes recently, I was like, I was like, damn, like this is like really good. Like I love the delivery Nakamura is giving here. I love that he sounds so comfortable because sometimes too, like when when you make someone speak what isn't their first language, like they're maybe a little hard to understand or they're trying really hard to like get the point across. Nakamura just seems so comfortable just saying what he needs to say, and we get we get the message right there on the screen. Cody knows exactly what he's saying. And the story makes sense. Nakamura won the Royal Rumble and then lost at WrestleMania, just like Cody did. Everything that Cody, every, all these reasons that people seem to love Cody and want Cody to finish the story. Now, everyone forgot about Nakamura and he never got to finish his story. I was there at that WrestleMania, him and AJ Styles, uh, in live in New Orleans. And that was a massive disappointment like for what we were all expecting out of that thing. And I feel like ever since then, Nakamura really never caught back to that level and this feels like he's back there. Like, I really like the Nakamura stuff with Seth. I love the stuff between him and Cody so far. Um, I wouldn't be that upset with Nakamura beating Cody for whatever reason, like on Monday in their first match. But ultimately, and I'm not just saying this to be a big Cody Rhodes mark, but ultimately, I think like you can't have Cody taking like losses and feuds heading into beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Like he, he has to beat Nakamura what? in this feud eventually. What if it's a cage match and I don't like escape the cage, but Nakamura just gets out of the cage first. I mean, that's, that's better. And that, that, so something like that, I don't love the idea of cause Cody still loses, but that would make your scenario later on, make even more sense where it's like, if Cody's the champion and Nakamura wants to challenge for that title, he can say, well, I beat you. And Cody's like, well, you did. And I want to get that win back. But he didn't pin me. So like, let's really settle this, you know? Um, and listen, there are very few people I would even consider this about as far as like getting wins over Cody in any way, shape or form right now, heading into WrestleMania or heading into the Royal Rumble and then WrestleMania. Nakamura is one of the few exceptions of people. I, I have so much respect for Shinsuke Nakamura that like, I would consider scenarios that make sense as long as it keeps Cody on track to finish the story. A shock saying, what does Nakamura do after that? After he beats Cody, he squashes gender Mahal on, on just an episode of raw. Don't care how it just beats him in three seconds because 
that was a match he should have won at SummerSlam to win the title and didn't. So he just beats Jinder Mahal and then he beats AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And then that way he's coming off of big win at WrestleMania. So it makes sense when he steps to Cody to challenge him. Because in a way, Nakamura then finishes a portion of his story. He we we retcon the, the Jinder Mahal stuff. Uh, and then he gets the win against AJ at WrestleMania, coming off a big victory, challenges Cody for the title. Let it out. Okay. He's got the, and he's got the victory over Cody as well, whether it's escape the cage or he pins him or whatever. He doesn't just, you know, he's not going to win the Rumble. That's that's still going to be Cody. He's in the Rumble. He loses. He gets eliminated by whoever, maybe AJ. Maybe AJ eliminates him. And then that sets up Nakamura and AJ at WrestleMania. And then, uh, yeah, he beats AJ at WrestleMania. And then we get Nakamura and Cody. I got this planned out. A shocky. I'm not Joel Pearl over here, just throwing ideas out willy nilly with no no follow up and like no no plan for all of this. I have this planned out. And by the way, off top a little bit, a shock also <laughs> asked. It was a show titled Kokoro Basketball that I saw. I think so. Actually, I think that was it. I've only seen a couple episodes, but there's like, I think I think I saw it was like three seasons long, and it's like 26 episodes a season, and. If it, the show, I've only, I'm only a couple episodes in, but it's like this guy with blue hair is like this really quiet guy that like seems like he sucks at basketball, but he's an incredible passer. And he's like, he's like, a, he's like invisible on the court. It's like you realize after a couple games in, like he's the one actually doing all the work, like distributing the ball to everybody. And there's this one guy who's like really tall and really, really good at basketball, but doesn't like anybody else. But now they're forming like a bond because this guy's getting getting him the ball so well, and he's scoring all these points and like becoming a good team. If, if that's the show you're talking about, I think I think that is the same show. It has been very enjoyable. I, I, I I'm I'm gonna like start binging it, but I'm only a couple episodes in right now. But I think it, I think that is the show that I'm talking about. There you go. Everyone can watch some Japanese. You're a basketball fan, basketball. Jeremy. I think you'd actually like this. It, it's a it's a pretty because the thing is too they eventually they play real real games in the show and stuff and like obviously I have no idea who's gonna win and lose. It's, it'd be like watching a sport. I have no idea who's gonna win these games. You know what I mean? So, anyways, <laughs> new new hobby for me. There you go. Watching Japanese anime <laughs> basketball. basketball. It yeah. sounds interesting. Like um, I've watched some anime and I watched Attack on Titan. Uh, the first couple of seasons of that. I don't like having to read while I'm watching television. They, they, no, this is in English. It's just, they, they, oh, they, okay. they just translate it. There's English speakers, but like it, it sounds a little off, like just because right. some of the stuff isn't translating exactly right. But okay. like there, there was, so the reason I even attempted watching this, this, um, this, I won't go long into this because we got other topics, but like there was a movie that came out recently called the first slam dunk. And it was in some select theaters, like, six months or so ago. And I have the AMC movie pass where I pay like 20 bucks a month and I can see like three movies a week or whatever, whatever AMC does. And that, sh- that movie was supposed to be in my theater and I got tickets super in advance for it just because it looked badass. And I'd never really seen anything like that before. And the, the movie theater, there wasn't enough demand, I guess. And they pulled it from my theater before I could see it. And it's not available to stream anywhere. And all I've seen on Reddit and stuff is people that are like, this movie rules, but like, you can only watch it in like certain countries and like, you can't. So then I started kind of just seeking out, like, are there, are, is that like a genre, like, like, like Japanese anime basketball series? And it is a thing. I was like, damn, this actually looks pretty cool. So that's, that's how I've, how I've kind of gotten into it. There you go. 
everyone can watch uh, again some Japanese anime basketball. Keep up with uh, what Jensen is keeping up with. Uh, the other, Dude, I saw Rey Mysterio's got a show coming out soon, like a like a like a Spanish show or something coming yeah. out. I, I saw it was in it was in Spanish. The commercial I saw. I mean, the kind of crossovers are pretty cool. I'm kind of I'm kind of starting to, to dabble a little bit. So, <laughs> um, the other WWE spotlight is Drew McIntyre airing some grievances uh saying you know about everybody being a hypocrite but still getting walking in getting any everything handed to them and everything uh and basically taking shots at kind of largely cm punk to be honest uh some stuff on jay uso as well because jay just got kind of handed the title shot and seth uh, and then at the end of the night, he attacked Jay and Seth after Seth had defeated Jay to retain the world heavyweight title. Your thoughts on Drew and the direction they're going with him, Jensen? I mean, he's one of the most interesting things going on in the in the company right now, in my opinion, because, I mean, it's a full-on heel turn, but it's totally justified. Like, it's, it's super logical why he's doing the things he's doing and why he doesn't trust Jay Uso and, like, why he's attacking the people he's attacking. And they, he never joined the Judgment Day, but like out of mutual interest, he was in war, in war games and stuff. And I don't know, I just kind of wanted to spotlight it for that reason. Like, I I like Drew a lot as a heel. I think Drew is like, even, this is random, but every now and then like on a Pluto TV, I'll just put on the, the TNA or the Impact uh, station and they just air just old Impact just constantly on there. And I randomly came across like some Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre era TNA the other day and I, I watched it you know as it was happening years ago but even then I was looking at him and I was like this is before he like put on even more size and stuff you know and I was like damn the transformation this guy's had is like super super noticeable and like he's really damn good in the ring he's super believable he's a true veteran at this point like he really checks really every box you would want out of like a top guy in the WWE and I know he's been their champion before and everything but he also got a really unfair shake with, you know, he beat Brock during the pandemic and no one was in the crowd. He was the champion for years. I've, t- I've talked about it before on this show. My brother always calls him COVID champ because like every time my brother would come over during the pandemic, it'd be no one in the building and Drew McIntyre's out there just busting his ass, having the best matches he possibly can in front of no fans. And then by the time the fans are back, he's not, the, they, they haven't, you know, it's Lashley. And it's like, I love Bobby Lashley, nothing wrong with him. And I agree with what he was saying about CM Punk recently as well. But I think that like Drew McIntyre has got such an unfair shake as their top guy. And he has so many grievances that that make sense for him to be pissed off in this company and this show. And on top of that, we also know behind the scenes, at least to our knowledge, or at least my, to my understanding, you, you might know more than I do, but like, it, like Drew McIntyre isn't even like locked in to WWE long-term for real, right? So like a lot of this is kind of like, I'm not saying he's airing his like real life frustrations on television. That's not what I'm saying, but it's one of those things where like, I have that in mind too, where like everything he's doing on TV, they're in this position. I kind of feel like where they need to push McIntyre to a certain level to keep him happy enough to want to stay there going forward. And he deserves to be in that spot too. So like they need to figure it out on both, both sides. And I think this, this is that, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like this, this heel turn and what they're having him do right now this is good for Drew. This is good for the WWE. And I think that this, depending on what comes out of this and where this is heading for Drew, heading into Royal Rumble and potentially WrestleMania is going to be kind of like the, 
the decision maker for him probably of like, should I, should I stay here? And like, because they're treating me like a top guy and like, I'm going to stay a top guy or I can kind of see the writing on the wall. They're kind of going this direction. Now's a good time for me to get out and try something else. I love what they're doing with Drew. I love what Drew is doing with what he's been given here. You're a lot of times the best heels are the ones who speak in logics and have logical complaints about things, but they present it in such a way that they come off as dicks. And then their actions are also, they are dicks about things. Like Drew is right in what he's saying. He believes he is right. A lot of fans, I'm sure, believe he is right. But his his tone, the way he says it, makes him not likable. And then he attacks very likable people in Rollins and Jey Uso. So that makes him unlikable. Um, I'm not worried about fans getting behind Drew because they're like, you know what? Drew was right. We should actually, he's right about these things. We should cheer for Drew because he is, everybody is getting handed things right now. Like Drew was screwed over here. I feel for Drew. I don't think that's going to happen. One, because I think Drew is a good enough heel to play off of that. Two, because his actions continue to, you know, be uh, heelish. Three, because WWE has strong enough baby faces. Like the, the Seth feud, for example, uh, heading into the, the Saudi show when Drew was down and like, I was the pandemic champion. No one cared. Like I had to go through all of this. It's like, yeah, Drew, Drew makes a lot of good points on that. That does suck. I feel for Drew. And then Seth is like, dude, quit fucking bitching. Everybody had to go through this. Like you weren't the only person who had to live through this pandemic. We all had to live through this. Like, you know what? Drew is bitching. Like Seth is right. They have good enough baby faces to still make Drew out to be a heel. I think it's what they're doing with Drew is really good right now. I am curious as to where it goes into Rumble and WrestleMania because does at least from what we know, he's not resigned yet. Don't know if they will get a deal going. Um, I think Brock makes a lot of sense for him for WrestleMania because I don't know where Brock fits right now. Brock makes sense because Brock could be a babyface. I know last time we last time we saw him, he was shaking hands with Cody Rhodes, so like he babyfaced himself. Brock comes back, and people are just going to cheer at the music. And then, however, Brock acts, he's the babyface of the heel. He acts like a babyface. People are like, all right, cool, he's a babyface. Drew can continue to be a heel. He gets the match with Brock at Mania in front of people. I assume he wins. That feels like that keeps Drew happy enough of like you get a big match with Brock at Mania. You've been at the top or near the top of the card really since your return. I mean, he came back at Money in the Bank, did uh, Gunther at SummerSlam, and then has been involved with Judgment Day, Seth, Uso stuff since since uh, just a couple months ago. And then you're doing this big feud going into mania and everything that feels like one, it, it, it's not only top of the card too. Like sometimes I don't even know if the, the wrestlers want to be like at the top of the card or anything. I'm sure they all do, but I think for a lot of wrestlers, they just want something creatively fulfilling. You know, they just don't want to go out there and just like, they, this was the Hardy's complaint of like, I don't just want to go out there and just like have matches for the sake of matches. Like, okay, cool. Like what's the story? What's the purpose? behind this and drew even if it's not like main event stuff you're not going for the world title you're facing brock that's always a big deal 
And like the story and the purpose behind what he's been doing has been very substantial. So I think that would hopefully maybe be enough to, to kind of keep him around and keep him happy. So that's just my idea for Drew. Otherwise, I don't know what, otherwise it's tough to me for me to kind of figure out where he fits uh, because they got a lot of pieces right now and they got a lot to figure out. And it's not a bad thing um, that they have so many guys who like need substantial roles going into mania, but that unfortunately means somebody has got to just kind of be almost in a leftover position and you got to figure it out and then make the best of it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I mean, that all makes sense for Drew. I could see him getting another win over Rocket Mania, potentially. I mean, there's other, there's plenty of stuff you could have Drew do that would be good. But I understand what you're saying, too, about it being, like, high level enough to, quote, unquote, like, keep him happy. Not not that Drew, I'm not, I'm making it sound like Drew's, like, disgruntled or something. I have no idea. Like, I, I just, you know, if he's on the fence, I guess, there's little nudges one way or the other. Like, like for instance, I think that, I think that Brock Lesnar and Gunther would be awesome. Like personally, that's what I would like to yeah. see. Something like that. Um, but like, you know, Drew could do something against like Orton, which would be big. Maybe like him and Sammy, like depending on how, like, I mean, there's him and Jay would make a lot of sense, but I feel like they're going to do Jay versus Jimmy probably at WrestleMania. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Drew though, going forward, because I mean, maybe, I don't, I don't see him winning the Royal Rumble. Because here's the thing. I don't like, I know people all expect like me to think that Cody's going to win the Royal Rumble. And I think that it's likely, but I don't, that's not his only way he could get to the WrestleMania. He could win like Elimination <sighs> Chamber or something. No, still too. no, no. It's got to be the Rumble. It had, because I've, I've said this because Joel has tried to, anybody like thinking of how to get Cody to Roman is, that isn't the rumble is overthinking and just trying to come up with a different, like trying to go against the grain. The winner of the rumble has to challenge Roman. It just has to be. Otherwise the winner of the rumble looks stupid for being like, I just won the rumble. I get the guaranteed shot at WrestleMania. I'm going to challenge Seth Rollins, not the guy who's held the title for three years. That is the guaranteed last match. Like no offense to Rollins or whoever is holding that title. We know that's not the big title. Seth has done a great job with it, but that's a night one, maybe main event. Roman is the guy that you want to beat on that stage. So the winner of the rumble has to challenge it. You're right about that. You're, you're 100% right about that. Um, the only reason I was thinking anything differently is because Cody won the rumble last, last year, obviously. But I think that is pretty much the story is going to be, because like he won from number 30 last year. They'll probably make him win from number one or something this year. And then, I mean, then you pretty much have it lined up exactly like last year. It's just the, the, the real story here to finish the story this time is not making the small mistakes that cost him and actually getting the job done this time. Um, Having an extra friend because he had Kevin and Sammy to take out the Usos, but he didn't have anybody to take out Solo. He has Jay now. Is that well, the, yeah. what you're getting at? Well, I, no, I'm just saying last year, the mistake was he only had two friends. He needed three. Right. So now, this now he's year, got... I mean, this year, yeah, he's got Jay who can neutralize Jimmy, but then who's his friend to neutralize Solo? John Cena? John Cena's going to come back and take out Solo. I mean, I could see like all of the people that like the bloodline has, has wronged kind of like coming together maybe. 
you know, like maybe like it's like a kind of a random mixture of like five or so people who have been screwed by the bloodline one by one, just like stop. Like that'd be kind of a sweet finish. Like if like the bloodline is like the ref goes down or something and it looks like it's going to be just like last year and like Heyman's up on the ramp or whatever, or up on the apron and Solo's up there with his thumb ready to, they're pretty much going to execute just like they did last year. But like, as, as this is happening, like, you know, like whoever, you know, Jay stops somebody and then like, you know, uh, Sammy and Kevin stop somebody and then like Randy stops somebody. And then like, you know, even like Drew, maybe like he's, he's been a heel this whole time, but he turns baby cases. He's like, no, I'm not letting the bloodline get away with this again. I don't even like Cody, but I'm screw this. Like, and he, like all these people, the bloodline have wronged, like one by one to start like stopping people from the bloodline from getting involved. And it leaves it to where Cody and Roman are alone. And he finally hits that third crossroads and gets him. I love, I love this. I love that he's going to do all of that. And all these people come out. Got a better finish though for you. Cody's distracted by all of this. He's like, Oh, yeah, this is great. They're all coming out to save me. They're stopping solo. And then he turns around and he gets hit with a Superman punch, and Roman wins. Not even a spear. Just, no, just the Superman. Superman doesn't, even, doesn't, even, doesn't even give him his finish. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, once again, that would be. Uh, I don't even have the words for. I mean, I'm still not over what happened last year, but the only the only kind of light at the t- end of the tunnel here is ever since Cody lost that match at WrestleMania, I was like, okay, I feel like unless, unless someone comes along that is undeniable that they have to go with See Cody's on. Cody's got a chance, but no, 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 we're not going to go to that rabbit hole today. But what I will say, is, I don't know if you saw this. I, I, I mentioned you in this tweet, but it was from the fightful account. So like, yes. Yeah, so yeah. I saw this. Yeah, dude, that, that LA night, parade that the guy in the parade doing the la night yeah i loved that like i legitimately marked over. out for that huh he's over yeah LA it was chuck, over with chucky e. cheese baby chuck e. cheese. yeah so if people are talking about there's a clip online of a guy dressed up as chuck or the real chucky e. cheese for depending on how old you are watching this um chucky e. cheese is in this parade and the la night music's playing and he's doing like the L A night, yeah, and like the person in the crowd, and like the the Chucky e. Cheese is like super into it. Made me an LA Knight fan. It took all that, it took all that, and now I'm finally all in. When you got Chucky e. Cheese out there doing just, it, you're you're over. So just needed Chucky e. Cheese. That's it. Does David Buster's have a mascot? Could you imagine if David Buster's just the the whoever the mascot yeah. is? I don't know. No, Who is the mascot? For David I mean, Dave and Buster, I guess. But one of them isn't around anymore. One of them passed yeah. away fairly recently. But um. Yeah, they don't really have a they don't really have a mascot. They do show wrestling and MMA up there fairly often though, but Yeah, David stick. Busters, damn it. Yeah, there we go. I didn't go last night, but I do plan on going this upcoming Wednesday, unless we have an interview to record, but I'll have to go next Wednesday. Uh we gotta get through. Yeah. <laughs> we we got uh, our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We are going straight up the middle. Billy Starks and Athena official for ROH final battle, which is next week, everybody. Two matches, really three. They're going to do a contract signing between Ethan Page and Tony Nese uh, tonight on ROH TV. Uh, And then we got Keith Lee and Shane Taylor as well. But Billy Starks and Athena should headline this show. And they have been carrying ROH for months now. 
months. There is not a whole lot going on on ROH. There's some like fine matches and there's some other stuff. But if you're tuning in, you're most likely tuning in for Billy Starks and for Athena. Uh, I was at the you know the Collision show this past Saturday and then ROH taped afterwards. Billy Starks came out. I was like, oh, good. They're doing the Billy Starks and Athena stuff right away. I can watch this. And then no offense to the rest of the show. I can get back home because it was a long day for me. But I was going to stick around for at least Billy Starks and Athena, whatever they were going to do. And they happened to do it very early. Uh, I look forward to this match at Final Battle. Again, should headline the show. I assume Billy's going to win. But also maybe this is because it's the first match and Billy Starks is just 18. It's like, oh, does she need to win it immediately right here? Can Athena just win, beat her? The student is is still the student. The master is still the master. And then you kind of prolong things. I just don't know. One, I think Athena should be on AEW TV. Um, and I, I will always champion them actually keeping it separate because this is what makes ROH a little bit more meaningful is because I don't see Athena on ROH on AEW TV doing nothing, getting lost in storylines, maybe losing matches and things like that. So I do like that uh, Athena is, is kept separate, but also her work has been good enough that she should be on AEW television. But Billy Starks and Athena, do you think Billy Starks wins? Like, are you, do you think, she should go ahead and win first off and get the title? Or do you think they prolong it a little? I mean, I can obviously see both both scenarios, but if it's me personally, I'd just have Billy win. Like, I mean, that's also, I'm a little biased, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Billy Starks. I've wanted, I mean, obviously you could only, we had to wait for a while, right? Because, I mean, you she had to be an adult to be signed to a company to even have these opportunities. But even on the indie scene, she was super, super talented and everybody recognized that very quickly. So, it isn't surprising to me. <clears throat> I, I give like Tony Khan a lot of credit for this with, with her and Nick Wayne. Like the, the, he, he isn't using that as like a handicap as far as like, well, just cause you're, you know, 18, we're only going to push you this much. Or that. Like, no, you got the talent. Like we're ready to roll. Like you're, you're healthy. You're talented. You're over. Let's do this right now. Um, and also it opens it up for, like you said, for Athena just to be full time with AEW going forward. Cause she should be in AEW. So I don't know if they do it right here or if they prolong it, but I think like ultimately Billy Starks needs to be the person to beat Athena for that championship. And that's going to be a launching point for Billy too. And it also keeps her where she doesn't have to be on AEW TV hardly at all. She can just continue to grow in ring of honor and then eventually make that jump, you know, similarly, you know, but y'all, y'all know me at this point, if you listen to this show, like I, I'm a huge fan of Billy Starks. I'm a huge fan of that family. Shout out mouse. I know Mouse got you got, got some good pictures of you at uh at BLP. Yes. So uh I want nothing but good things to happen to those people. So like and I and, and it isn't just because they're nice people. Billy is insanely talented. Mouse is super talented too as a photographer. It is a talented family. Juice box, shout out juice box. People don't even know about juice box in that family. So I I would I'll say um I, I I want Billy Sarks to win uh the the championship. Um and there's no real reason for them to prolong it, I think. This is my personal opinion. I think the only reason you prolong it is because I don't know what the plan is after for Billy super card and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like super card and everything. Like they can get yeah. someone heated up in time, but the undercard of everything has been so much of nothing 
that I don't know what they they really do after Billy wins. Is it, and that's where they got to be careful of. Okay, Billy wins. What is the plan after that? Like, who is going to be the challenger after that? Is it Mercedes Martinez? Is it Diamante? Do they bring someone down? Is it the Renegade Twins? Like, they've been relatively well featured on ROH. Like, that's my only concern is like what happens with Billy afterwards. And at least this buys a little bit of time to to kind of get that in order. That also assumes they take that time to get that in order and they just don't prolong it more uh, or, or they don't have a plan after Billy wins. I could see Billy losing, racking up some wins. Athena just kind of faces whoever in the meantime. And then, you know, kind of just basically uh, has the thing of like trying to prove herself. And Athena is just not ducking, but doing anything like, no, I've already beaten you. I've already beaten you. I've already beaten you. And then finally Billy does enough to where Athena, whether it's through wins or through attacks or whatever it might be, Athena's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to end you for good. And then you, you do the match at, at Supercard. I mean, Maggie, Maggie says Stark's already lost to Athena months ago because she was a rookie. Now the story is she's finally a star. It can beat her teacher. That That is the logical story. You can still tell the story of like, she is, you know, she can beat her teacher or she hasn't learned enough yet. Like Athena has taught her a lot over the last however many months. You know, she hasn't taught her everything. Billy still has to learn a little bit more. Well, there's still ways they can go. I would just go ahead and do just have Billy win because th- this is how we were with uh with with uh Mark Briscoe lo- like losing um not winning the, the television title. And I know Eddie ended up coming back around and winning the ROH title. Sometimes you just got to strike when you have these moments because you just don't know what's going to happen. So I think you should, you should just go ahead and have Billy win the title. Uh, the other, other spotlight and multiple one shot is tonight. Yes. A Thursday pay-per-view everybody. Uh, for those that do not know, it's going to air on fight plus headlined by Matt Cardona against Alex Kane for the MLW World Heavyweight Championship. I think Cardona takes the title here. They've been doing a lot of good work with the World Titan Federation and Hammerstone and um, Josh Bishop, who was on the show last week, and Tom Lawler, Matt Cardona. It feels like Cardona wins this title because there's more mileage out of that than Alex Kane continuing to just kind of run through people. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the main event, honestly, because like I, I really like Alex Kane as the champion. I think he was the right guy to beat Hammerstone for the title when he did. Um, and he's, he's doing really, really good work. Like I, I, I really do like Alex Kane as MLW champion. So like I'd be totally fine with him continuing the run with it. But I mean, Cardona, this is kind of what Cardona does. Like he comes into companies, he usually wins the title, he creates a lot of buzz. I mean, on s- social media alone, and I know people don't think that that's a huge deal sometimes, but like. Matt, and Matt Cardona uses this in his promos too. Like he'll use this as a heel. Like he has literally millions of followers. Like he has a lot of potential eyes following him Two everywhere. He's, I mean, and Alex Kane 
I mean, I'm not, this, this, this doesn't necessarily matter, but Alice Kane's amount of followers is what, I mean, like 20,000 or so, maybe I'm not even looking, but like between all of the social media, it's like, it's not even, it's not even remotely the same thing. And that's, that's why like Cardona, when he comes into companies, I understand why companies go with him because obviously the talent's there and he's, I love Matt Cardona because he's so willing to just play ball. Like he's going out there in all these companies and like he gives his 100% everywhere. And he's a guy who easily could just like go back to the WWE, sign that contract again, but he's doing so great for himself outside of it. I know there's other stuff at, at play too. Like he's got his action figure line and stuff that like, it would make it a little murky to like have to sign a contract with another company. If you want to continue to run your own businesses and stuff, I get all that. But at the end of the day, like, <clears throat> I think they'll probably have Matt Cardona win the title because like you said, the WTF story is really good and everything they're investing into that. I think Cardona will probably win, but I mean, MLW is usually really good about like long title runs. Like, like Fatu's run was really long. Hammerstone's run was really long. I expect the same for Alex Kane. He's already had the title for a while now, but maybe like half a year or so. Not, not like multiple years, like these other guys I'm talking about, but, uh, but yeah, I could see Matt Cardona winning. And then the other, uh, the other match that I would like really highlight as far as what I'm looking forward to, I, I, Looking forward to Jimmy Lloyd and RSP on an MLW pay-per-view. That should be good. But the whole the whole card is really good. You got Kojima versus Filthy Tom. That'll be banger. Like, really good stuff. Jinai Kai and uh, Maki Ito for the women's featherweight title. So, it's a really good card. But, like, as far as the main event, I think I'll... I mean, the other thing is you have two groups, right? You got Bumaye and you've got WTF. So, like, maybe maybe Bumaye can, can fight off WTF so that Alex Kane is open to win the title. But... If I had to make gun gun in my head, if I had to make a decision, I'll say Matt Cardona probably wins the MLW title tonight. I long title reigns, MLW does love those. They made more sense when they weren't running basically monthly pay-per-views and the television was actually or the television was like months behind because right. you could just do kind of longer title reigns for that. Now that the television is really caught up with everything, it's still a little off of like oh this kind of happened you know a month ago where we're so used to everything happening within that week um i i think the longer title reigns made sense then when you're kind of booking more weekly than and you're having the monthly live specials and not hey here's this pay-per-view that happened five months ago and now it's airing on television type of thing like longer title reigns made sense then now i think it's you can keep them a little bit shorter when you got it when you can go with something that is hot right now the wtf is kind of the hottest thing they have whether you like it or you don't like it like it's that's what is kind of drawing the most for them and i think like having the champion there there's just more options than i if if, if alex kane wins i don't know where wwf quite goes from there unless they're just going to elevate bishop into taking that spot but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, so I, I think Cardona having that, you mentioned with Cardona and his followers, Cardona gets stuff over and Cardona yeah. is going to promote, promote, promote. And that's what you want out of your champion is both. Cardona is very online. Jensen's got a log in. Yeah, I'm going to log in a shoot um, job while we're wrapping up here. Cardona is very online and uh, he's he does a great job of promoting. Like he just does. And you want that from your champion, even if he's not going to be a long-term kind of champion. Like you want him to be on there. You want him to promote. And then he makes a guy at the end of it. That's what you want. 
Uh, and I think everybody recognizes the benefit of that when it comes to MLW. Uh, so yeah, MLW one shot tonight. I'll be covering it. Uh, you can check out Fightful for all the news from that show. All right, here we go. Indie Spotlight. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. And Jensen, as our pal Caden says, can you take me higher? Sorry, I didn't sing it. It's early for me. Um, funny about that song in the interview. Yes, yes. We, we, we did speak to Trevor Outlaw. That'll run here very shortly. Um, yeah, Life Label Pro. I was there this past weekend. I was there to see Sean Ross Sapp uh, against Shaza McKenzie. And, uh, you know, I, I caught the, the first two matches live, and then I caught the, the rest of the show on on demand, uh, on fight. But Sean and Shaza, I knew how the match was going to go. They're going to do a podcast, by the way, later on tonight, uh, like breaking down all the details and all that went into it. I knew largely how the match was going to go. Sean laid it out for me when we were together at WrestleCade. Um, Look, I thought it was good. I thought it was well-planned. I thought it was a lot of fun. Sean did very well. I know people are going to be mad for the sake of being mad don't care those people do not hold any weight with me it was a lot of fun that's all you can ask for in these types of matches no one seemed to have any type of an issue with it as far as wrestlers you know if they did they they keep that quiet but it was a fun show i'm glad i got to be there i'm glad it all went well uh i was very worried about that door spot um <laughs> they moved yeah. Oh, and Sean said like he didn't know that it moved. Like Sean so, had to like turn. Yeah. 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 I we were all very. I was I was sitting with Cher Delaware and uh, Sean's wife, and like we were all very concerned when we saw that thing going from the corner off into the ropes of just like, ooh, I hope they realize that this thing is moved because if not, this is going to look bad, and people are going to have a field day with it. Fortunately, it it went off Shaza re uh, re uh, what's the word? reestablished things and, and redirected things and put Sean through the door. But yeah, that was a good match. That was a fun match. And then the, the show, I mean, the creed Trevor outlaw was the real star of the show. Yes. Which will, you'll hear all about that in this interview with Trevor outlaw. I will say, I, uh, I, I, I gave a kind of a detailed review and thoughts on this on the weekend, or if you want to hear more about, how I felt about Sean in this match, but um, in a nutshell here, as I kind of got a clock or I've already clocked him, but I got to start working in a second. Um, I think Sean did great. I think he did. I legitimately not blowing smoke. I think he did legitimately a great job out there. He was in good shape. He was chaining moves together. He didn't look like he didn't belong. I'll even say it like he, he, that wasn't the worst match on the card. He wasn't the worst wrestler I saw all weekend. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just saying like, it's not, it's not like Sean went out there and embarrassed himself or embarrassed, Fightful or whatever. He gave us a good some good advertising with his with his gear. I thought that was cool. He put the Fightful logos and stuff all over everything. But I thought Sean did great out there. And I thought Shaza did great too. I mean, it takes it took both of them to put on that performance and massive credit to Shaza for like you said, recalibrating, re- recognizing that that door had moved and getting Sean in, in it. Like, because also a lot of things can go wrong with that. Neither person can hit the door, the door doesn't break, only Shaza goes through it and it looks stupid. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that can go wrong. It wound up looking great. Um, and Sean looked great in there. Like I'm, I was very proud to be a part of Fightful watching that. And I think anyone who hates on that is just hating for the sake of hating. We, I've seen people do, I've seen full-time wrestlers do way worse than Sean did. You know what I mean? That day. So I, I, I think, I think he did great. Um, 
Someone said, name some names. Who is worse than SRS? Let's get the dirt. I'm not sitting here. My point isn't to like roast anybody else. My point really is that like anyone who has a problem with Sean doing it, I've seen people do it worse. You know what I mean? So like you really can't. And Sean brought in money for charity and I, it was it was a giant win for everybody. Black Label Pro it brought I brought more eyes to their show. Mikey Blanton's a good dude. He he puts on he puts on crazy dream matches and just crazy matches in general all the time. Like this is very on brand for what Black Label Pro is. This was a win for everybody as far as I'm concerned. So I I I, I loved it. I think that's the dumbest part of it all. By the way, of people What's getting that? mad, of oh, people Black getting Label mad Pro. is is that it was all for charity. Like, right. yeah, Sean, Sean didn't take any money from this. They, they raised over $6,000 and they're going to raise even more because all the super chat money tonight is, is going to go to charity as well. Like it, it, they did it all for charity. It's not like he went out there to go of like, he did it. He did it obviously for himself because he wanted to just see if he still got it. Um, but he wanted to have fun with it do something fun with his friend but he did it for charity like why are we getting mad at this and and the other thing is you know people wanted to, to complain of one's spots on this card it's a black label pro show nobody loses a spot on a black label pro show like right those those, those cards are 20 hours long and if if that match happens it's not it's not to take away from anything else it's just like all right we'll just add that match hey another match wants to happen we will add that match that's what happens at a black Label pro show he didn't take any spots from anybody he, he didn't take time from anybody he just went out there and had a wrestling match and people for yeah. some reason and it was a good match it was like it was legitimately a good match i thoroughly enjoyed it if it was anybody else if, if it was any other restaurant it wasn't sean no one would have complained at all about anything we saw yeah. So they might have thought it was silly, but then it was meant to be silly. Like it was meant to be. Like Sean even said he, he sold his knee hurting off of an atomic drop and immediately said, Your ass is so huge. I mean, it was, yeah, it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. So, and Sean even said he wanted it to be kind of like Elmer Fudd and, and the rabbit of like, oh, I've got her here. And then he gets thwarted on the attempt. So. Yeah, it was supposed to be a silly, fun wrestling match. It was. Mission accomplished. They raised money for charity. I don't understand why people are being mad. It was awesome. I mean, I do because they're fucking stupid, but. (laughs) No, it was was awesome. Congratulations, Sean, if you see this. Like, I I legitimately. uh, um, Oh, yeah, people are getting freaked out because of the noises my other computer is making. They think there's something wrong with their computers. Um, I got to go. I got to go work. Yes. Good to see everybody. You need to plug um x fight talk underscore i uh, fight talk on independentwrestling.tv listen to the weekender podcast every weekend usually on sundays fightfulselect.com and uh, enjoy this interview with trevor outlaw it's an awesome interview um i will be back right here same time same place next week with jeremy good to see you jeremy good to see the chat um wish me luck hopefully i'll find out if i got a promotion or not by the next time you see know. me so i will good to see everyone have a good one y'all Thanks, see you jeremy Thanks, buddy. bye all right, let's get into it. Our interview with Trevor Outlaw. You saw him this weekend at Black Label Pro. He came out to Creed. That was the biggest thing on the show. Who cares about Sean Ross Sapp? Trevor Outlaw coming out to hire by Creed. Stole the show on Saturday. We talked to Trevor 
about that. We talked to him about uh, working ROH. We talked to him about training at the Nightmare Factory. A lot of fun. A lot of fun with Trevor. Um, we, this interview was uh, was taped last night, um, late last night, not too late, seven o'clock last night. So uh, yeah, we spoke with Trevor. It was a whole lot of fun. Everyone can support, follow Trevor in the links below. Uh, there's the link to his X Twitter, and there's the link to his Pro Wrestling Tees story. It's some really cool designs for his Pro Wrestling Tees. It's a sweet uh, Ninja Turtles design that he did. We talk about that. We talk about uh, kind of his, his merchandise designs and things like that too. Trevor was a lot of fun. It was he he, he kind of blended some some character and, and then some some real stuff, which is. To me, those are very fun interviews because it allows us to play off of each other a lot and not feel like we're, we're you know, being dicks about things. So like, I had a great time with this interview. I think I we I booked myself for a match with Trevor, like me and him teaming. Pretty sure that happened uh, as part of his. I, I'm at least going to be part of his group accompanying him to the ring so we can all sing Creed together. Pretty sure I got myself a gig out of this um so here we go trevor outlaw you've seen him on again black label pro and you know and elsewhere in the world of wrestling roh tv here we go trevor outlaw in the creator spotlight welcome back everyone to the creator spotlight i'm still jeremy lambert that is still steven jensen and joined tonight by man you might have seen this past weekend at black label pro slamilton he is the rudest meanest son of a bitch you've ever met he is yours rudely. He is a man who can take you higher. He is Trevor Outlaw. How you doing? <laughs> Trevor, Trevor. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I'm having a wonderful night. It's Wednesday. I don't know why I'm looking as if I got a wristwatch on, but <laughs> it's one of those days, man. You know, I, I had a question for you guys. If you guys could take me higher, but you kind of beat me to it, so. Well, well th thank you thank you for joining us here we really the appreciate pleasure's it. all yours don't get it mistaken though the pleasure is. is all yours it is fair let, let's jump right into it uh the i know sean ross sap tried to take some headlines from black label pro slamilton we had a great event josh bishop was on there violence is forever was on there matt Mikowski winning titles we all know the standout event at the event trevor outlaw creed higher Tell us about it. Walk us through it. Oh. Because I know, I know this was not your original theme song. This was not the song you typically come out to. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a little different. Before I before I get into that, though, I'm so used to people just treating me like absolute dog water in these openings. And they always try to get one over at my expense. And they always fail every time. So I'm going to give you kudos for not only recognizing the talent when you see it, but but really spotlighting that. Like, yeah, all these other guys that are on the show are cool and dandy. But when Trevor Outlaw comes out to Creed, it's a big deal. You know, you could you can have your uh, 630s and Spanish flies and all that crazy mumbo jumbo. But when Trevor Outlaw comes out, that's what people pay attention to. Uh, the Creed thing, man, you know, it kind of was something that blew up in my face. Um, I'm not a very liked person in the city of Chicago well, in most of professional wrestling as a whole. Uh, it seems it seems that only, the only time people see anything that I do is when uh something violent is happening to me or i'm being embarrassed so for a clip to go around like this uh and it's not in a negative light it's actually very refreshing but i thought you know to get a little bit of revenge on these pricks that treat me like garbage in chicago i was like you know what i thought that they would have hated it and i was like i'm gonna come out to creed because everybody always talks about how great billy squire is and how great the stroke is and they're right billy stroke is the man or billy's billy stroke 
Billy Squire's the man. But I I just I wanted to try something different. And it to my to my surprise, everybody went nuts and loved it. Like it was, I mean, to, to have an entire building singing the song with me um and cheering me on. It I'll be honest with you, this is probably the first time I've ever gotten any sort of positive reinforcement. Oh, we oh, lost him right as you were saying. Oh, wait, sorry, we lost you, right? We lost you for a second, right as you were, oh, you were no. finally getting See, some positive reinforcement. That's what I'm saying, man. Look what happens. I say I finally get some positive reinforcement in my life, and then my my camera goes kaput. My headphones aren't even working, so I'm I'm just gonna raw dog the rest of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, See what I mean? Like I can't have anything nice. Like my parents never took me to Disneyland. That's a shoot. Um, you know, my girlfriend's slapped me in the face in front of people at shows before. That also was a shoot, but you know what? I, I, I seriously, like I had the time of my life on Saturday and I don't know, maybe this means I'm going to turn a new leaf with my attitude. Probably not because a lot of things pissed me off and I, let's face it. Like I'm not paying for therapy. I'm just going to beat people up. So <laughs> now I did see on social media, if I'm not mistaken, that was like, you're retiring that now though, I, or maybe are you maybe <laughs> not going to, I mean, with all the attention, like maybe will you run that back a little bit and maybe use it a little more often going forward. Or was it, yeah. or was it just like the perfect thing where it's like, you know, ended on top, leaving the people wanting more, you know? That's what I'm, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm thinking with it, right? Like, it's one of those things that like, my job is to kick people's ass and make money, right? But on the contrary, I also have a little vendetta against people. You know, you, I come out there and I get a lot of shit from people. But when I, when I go out there and I do my thing and people are like, okay, you know what? Maybe we should start taking them a little bit more seriously. I don't know how much more seriously people can take me coming out and, you know, holding my hands up in a godlike fashion and, and screaming, can you take me higher? But, um, yeah, you know, I like to take things away from people, you know, I, if they don't deserve it. I, I, you know, Jeremy was rocking out and he deserved it in that time. But I don't know if I go anywhere else that if I ask if these people can take me higher, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. So, you know, maybe I take it away for a little while. Maybe I, maybe I'm going to have to make people earn it. Okay, here's, that's fair. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. Here's here's what you do, Trevor. Next time, you, you use it the first time in every new city and everything, get them into it. Next time you return to the city, it starts with it. Before the course comes on, you cut it. You cut it before the course. Mm. Imagine how upset people are when they're and ready I won't to even scream. come out. And I won't even come out either. Like, I'll let the song play for like yeah. a minute and like 10, 15 seconds. Oh, the promoters are probably... Here's the thing. It'll be so good, though, that... I'll, I'll never get asked back after that, though. Like, the first time, they'll be like, this is amazing, right? Like, we got to have him back. We love printing money with Trevor. And then I'm holding their show up for an hour, for a minute and 20 seconds. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, now these people are upset. But I don't know. Maybe if I put a case of water backstage for them, maybe they'll they'll keep bringing me in. So That's, that's a hot also, topic. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Let, let's be honest. If it's a Black Label Pro show, that, that show's already eight hours long right. anyway with, with 13, 15, 18 matches. So like, Bro, you say 13, 15, 18 as if that's like a big number. Like that's a, that's a light BLP show. That's, that's such a light BLP show. Oh, my God. I remember Slamilton last year was like 28 matches. And it's, you know, the shows are good. The shows are fantastic. But it's like. At some point, and we all have told Mikey, it's like, dude, you're holding the fans and you're holding us hostage. Like, <laughs> I want to go home. I want to go home, play with my dog, spend time with my hot girlfriend. I don't want to be in this venue with all these sweaty bastards who don't use deodorant. It's it's just like, 
Oh, and there's no water half the time. You know? Right. No, I'm kidding. Black Little Brothers always water. Usually there's pizza in the back too. There was no pizza. There was no pizza this weekend, but mm. um, there was a lot of creep. So we had a lot of creep. <laughs> yes. Well, shout out to Mikey. And I was gonna ask about that actually because I, I wanted to know, like, was it the plan before you went out there to run the song, the entire length of the song on your intro, or did you just feel it in that moment? And then like the repeated plays after, like, I mean, I feel like, you know, and then on top of that, it's like most other shows, as you were saying, I'd, I'd be sitting there thinking, hmm, what's the promoter think about this? How are they on time? But it's BLP, it's Mikey. I'm like, they, they probably have that entire that venue ready for the entire day if they need to go the entire day. So did sure. it, it was always in the moment as far as like running the entire song and like, you know, just going with it. Yeah, that was 100% of the spur of the moment thing. Like, I don't even think I knew I was going to come out to it until like maybe 20 minutes before the show started. Um, I did it at the Purdue show that we did a few weeks back because I was like, you know what? None of these kids have ever seen wrestling before in their life. And they're a bunch of college kids. Like, let's give them some fun. And uh, I, I I tried it again. And it, and it was just... Um, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I couldn't believe what was happening. The only game plan I had going into the day was like Hayden Backlund and I are very good friends. Um, you know, we've trained together before we trained together at the nightmare factory. We've been on multiple shows together throughout the independence, uh, over the last year or so. And I love the dude, you know, I, I mean, like I never had a brother. I wish I did. I got stuck with two bitch sisters, but I, I kind of, you know, I look at Hayden and I'm like, this is the closest thing I'll ever be to a real brother. And of course, Mikey wants me to fight him. But the craziest part about this was this wasn't even originally the match. Like, I was supposed right. to wrestle Matt Brannigan in a dog collar match. This dude's been twisting my nipples, ruffling my feathers all year long. So, of course, Mikey's like, well, this has got to end. Let's do it in the most violent match possible. So it goes from one scenario of trying to be murdered to another. So the only thing that was on my mind that day was, like, I don't want to fight my friend. I'm, I'm a regular here at Black Label Pro. Hayden walked in and just with dirty shoes and just put his feet up and said, I'm here and I love it, but I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let Mikey tear my friendships apart. So why would we kill each other when we have a locker room full of all these people who can't stand us when we could just beat the hell out of them? You know what I mean? So that was the only thing that I had planned going into the day. The music thing, it was just, I, I needed some time to think, you know, I, it was, it was, I was coming out and I'm like, Oh damn, like, this is really happening. I'm about to fight my best friend right now. And I, you know, I said, Hey man, play Creed. We're, we're doing Creed today. We need something different. And it, uh, it brought on a life of its own. I'll tell you what, if I didn't have that energy that day from the crowd, uh, that body slam on the floor, I took, <laughs> I don't think I would have, I would be here sitting and doing this interview with you guys right now. Yeah. Well, I, I love the dynamic of the match because, like you said, <clears throat> totally different than going in there and having a dog collar match with Brannigan, yes, going absolutely. in there and having a, a jerk off with your friend. And um, it's one of those it things where being the greatest blow off of all time to the greatest jerk off of all time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Whose who's small package won the jerk off? Like, that's the question at the end of because it came down to a you know, a double pin there. And I think maybe you got the win there. I mean, if we're being honest, but I mean, I, it's your friend though. So, you know what? I, listen, we're still kind of trying to work the kinks out of that. <laughs> me personally, I think it was me. You know, I was the yeah. one that slipped a small package in the first place. Yeah. He might've gotten a little leverage, but like, 
I don't know. I've had a lot of issues with, with referees this year as well. So, I mean, the fact that referee Ned just stopped the song at one point, it kind of makes me think that, like, maybe there was a shady count. But you know what? Maybe if he wasn't being such a shady referee, maybe it wouldn't have brought the alliance with me and Hayden. You know, I think it's sometimes professional wrestling is crazy because we're all a bunch of dumbasses, right? Um, I'm college educated and I can still admit that I'm a dumbass, but that's because I'm smarter than the rest of these dumbasses. So, you know, king of the moron. He, he seemed like he was on the take. I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, Ned's a dick. And I'm yeah. happy that you said that. You know, Jeremy, I, I really like you, man. You're doing a good job. I might have to put Thank you on you. my payroll. Thank you. Dude, Jeremy was, I mean, I was watching the show from home and Jeremy was all over the during the entrance, during afterwards, all over social media. Like he was he was your number one cheerleader out there, Trevor. I mean, yeah. maybe he does deserve to be a part of, you know, Team Outlaw out there. That's what I'm saying. You know, me and Hayden and I are, are workshopping tag team names, but you know, we're gonna need somebody. We're gonna need somebody to uh, to represent with us. So, Jeremy, I think I'm gonna have to have you out there. I'd ask Sean, but I mean, I know he's still icing his wounds. Shaza Shaza brutally attacked him and assaulted him, and I, I hope he's recovering and doing well. Very Sean, are you kidding me? He came out there. I was booing him. I was happy Shaza beat him up. I was very happy okay. that Shaza beat him up. So, so maybe we form an alliance. We tell Sean to find a bunch, uh, a couple of bums to tag with, and I say we get ourselves a, a, a sweet ass trios match going. Okay, I'm for this. Hey, look, yeah. I like ta- I like getting bookings. I like getting money. So here's I'm the deal, though. It. Here's the deal, though. You got to wear leopard, though. Like if you're gonna That's roll, if, if you're gonna roll with my crew, you gotta you gotta dress like us. You know what I'm saying? I can do that. You can't be you can't be sticking out like a sore thumb if you don't mesh in with the picture. Hmm. I can do that. I mean, I don't uh, know if it's going to be expensive leopard, but it'll be leopard. That's listen. Your 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 outfit uh, costs as much as it feels, right? There you, go. there you go. I can I can easily easily do that. Look, I appreciate that. Hey, what do you think about this? Am I gassing him up too much, or is he is he blowing smoke up my ass? Do you think he, mm, think he can hang in the rope? No, this is genuine. This is genuine. Like this, yeah. I I think. Uh, listen. I, I was I was trying to read the room when when the entrance was happening and like Jeremy absolutely like he stood every time that chorus hit him and share both our, our friend show Delaware I mean the two, yeah. the two of them I mean this is this is legitimate so um I think I think he can hang um I'd be happy to be a part of this as well if, if I'm if I'm able to um, we'll give you a tryout I gotta give you a formal tryout I saw Jeremy rocking out in action I gotta see you I gotta see you doing it I now, gotta see you do some creed for me now I'm, I'm gonna have to brush up on the lyrics i remember the song i remember the song but and also i the link here for me with this song is i'm a lifelong diehard fan of the minnesota vikings and my quarterback who is currently injured kirk cousins kind of brought creed back recently as well he brought it to the the vikings locker room this season and like kind of uh kind of became like a huge creed fan so i'm 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 ha- it's kind of my a lot of my universes are emerging right now between being a yeah. vikings fan being a fan of it, yours it, Creed. it's the multiverse bro it's the multiverse is is, is crashing down yeah trevor i'll also i'll also tell you how i'm on your side i don't like matt brannigan either yeah he's kind of a dick dude <laughs> yeah he beat me in an oreo eating contest so i got big time heat oh with him. Shit. yo i say i say we crush a bunch of them up and, and instead of like waterboarding him we just shove a bunch of oreo crumbs in his mouth and like hold him down so that he like suffocates and dot. You know what? Actually, I'm 
I think I'm going to need you guys to edit that part out because I don't want to like, admit <laughs> to murder on here, but like, you get where I'm going with this. Yeah. Right? Like, I, you know, yeah. We, listen, I, I, I'm as Italian as they come, brother. If I need to make somebody disappear, we'll make it happen. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm for this. I'm for yeah. this torturing Matt Brannigan. I'm not condoning death either, but I'm for tor- torturing right. Matt Brannigan. You might be, you might have, you know, hey, we've got, we've got some deep-rooted beef. I mean, that man's chased my nipples so hard that, like, I don't know if I'd be able to stop choking him. So maybe, maybe I will kind of need you there to pull me back a little bit so that okay. I don't like full-fledged OJ the man. I got you. Yeah, we don't, we don't need, allegedly. we don't need all that. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly <laughs> OJ the man. <laughs> why do you? And then we'll write think- a book. I'll write a book. I didn't kill Matt Brannigan, but if I did, here's how I did it. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you think Matt Brannigan, is it jealousy that Brannigan keeps going after you like this? You know, it was one of, I don't know, man. Like at first I was kind of like, oh, hell yeah, this guy, like I'm ready for this match. You know, I watched a lot of film. Um, I'm not going to say what kind of film to prepare for that match, but sure, sure. I watched a lot of film and in the moment, you know, I was like, hey, maybe we could be friends, but. I don't know. It turned out like he's just a selfish bastard and he lo- only likes dudes that ram hot dogs down their throats. So, I mean, I, I, I myself would like to consider, you know, I, I think I'm a glizzy connoisseur, but, you know, I don't know. I guess not as I don't need as many glizzies as Ronnie does, but one of us is going to die of heart failure before we're 40 and it's not going to be me. That was, that was my biggest fear, honestly, is like going after brand again get you on the radar of megabyte ronnie i don't want that guy coming after me i want him eating me or beating me up yeah I, he's he's a dick do both. Too. I don't like either i don't like either of them you know i was i was ready to send matt branding and packet and then he brought up the warlord and he himself <laughs> became the whore lord and it was dude, I can't believe it. a 60-something year old man put me in a now in a full nelson like all of these Brannigan shenanigans that i've had to deal with i'm 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 I would like to think that they're behind me, but having somebody like Hayden Backlund in my corner is going to prevent a lot of these things from happening. So, Brannigan shenanigans is very marketable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I came up with that, and I was like, I'm never going to say anything else. This is, this is it, the Brannigan shenanigans. So if he ends up making money off of that, he owes me some royalties. But then again, like I, I might have illegally pirated uh, his tapes, so I might owe him like 10 bucks. <laughs> He makes good money off of that. I, oh, I'm, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. He promotes it uh, very That's well. why I'm like, bro, why do you got to come professionally wrestle and try to like mess with me, dude? Like, you're making good money clapping cheeks, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then in the match, he claps. Dude, I've never been slapped on the ass and or chopped harder than uh, we had a triple threat. It was me, Matt Brannigan, and Young Jay Lee. And I have never gotten smacked so hard in my life that my hole was on fire for days afterwards. <laughs> How do you treat I had that? To ice my cheek. Oh, there you go. Okay. You ever use the? Uh, I, 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 someone who's pretty infamous on our show is a man uh, everyone knows in the wrestling business. Seems you know he goes by CM Punk, mm-hmm. Phil Brooks. There's actually a, a really uh, valuable lesson I learned from him years and years and years ago from a shoot interview um, that he did. Um, he he taught me like 20 years ago about the um, the the green gold bond. It's like the green powder gold bond. It's like the medicated gold bond. Just throwing it out there. That stuff has done me wonders throughout the years on anything that hurts, pretty much. So, so you're saying to put some green gold bond on my butthole? <laughs> just is that what you're advising? I just want to make sure like- that we're being clear here. I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get into medical terms here. But I'm just saying I don't know if that's necessarily the best idea. I'm just saying. There are, 
I don't know. I'm beyond the ice. I feel like there's probably other options as well. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, I'm down to try anything once, so I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Can't it does sound like try that. it, right? Yeah, yes. it does sound like that's what you're condoning here, yeah. by the way. I will yeah. say this. There have been times in my life where I'm like, ice isn't going to work. What can I in like the gold bond house? I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. I learned that from CM Punk. I'm, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you for pictures for reference. I'm going to take your word on this. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go ahead and say I believe you. If uh, if Uncle Phil told you that, then I believe you. Yes. Very very honorable and trustworthy man. CM yeah. Punk, so yeah. You seem to find yourself in a, a lot of different shenanigans, uh, Trevor. Uh, we we saw you recently on ROH television against Brandon Cutler yes. and Colt Cabana. Those guys are very serious professional wrestlers. And you know, how do you find yourself in these situations? Dude, I don't know, man. But like, I'm kind of getting pissed off because it's like, ever since I came onto the scene, I feel like my career has just been embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment. Like, it, and it all stems back to that that confetti cannon to the nuts uh, back at the collective in 2020. That was amazing. It was not amazing, dude. dude I, I'm just was, saying it was amazing. Oh, you, the the chances, the chances of that happening. I'm just, I'm sorry. I so I'd never used them before, and I had thought that like there was like a metal end on them, and Frank had never used these ones either, Frank Clown, and. I'm thinking, like, okay, the metal, it, it's going to shoot out. So, like, from a scientific point, like, that metal is going to be stable, right? It's going to come straight out of that hole. So that way it's not combusting. It'll just go shoot out. Um, this explains why I never took chemistry in high school and, and never had to do science in college because I was wrong. And I'm aiming it higher. Like, oh, better not hit the fans. I'm going to get in trouble. And I'm just aiming it right at oh. <laughs> Like, people thought they were like, oh, dude, that was hilarious. I can't believe – did you do that on purpose? And I'm like, if you understood the amount of pain that I went through, why – I wouldn't – I wouldn't even wish that upon my worst enemy. Like, I, I, I felt my soul leave my body. It was one of those things that I got hit. And the first second I was able to process, like, oh, shit, this really happened. And then as I hit the ground, I'm like, oh, man, if this gets around, I'm <laughs> – this is going to be rough. And uh, I got around. All immediately. Right. Got immediately, around. Got yeah. around. immediately got around. Immediately um, got around. Let's see. What else? I got curb stomped into a cake by Athena. That went all over the place. Uh, it took me a week to get the cake out of my beard. I would keep showering and I would just keep finding clumps of cake in my beard. Like, uh, and then now, and now it's the ROH stuff. It's like, yeah, the internet's having a blast with that one. They're they're really ripping it to shreds. But hey, man, you know sometimes things happen. I don't. I don't. All these assholes that are that are making fun of it. I'd like to see these people get put into a position where they're getting bronco busted. And you tell me if you can come to your senses afterwards, because I'm not going to get into the uh, nitty gritty of how the animatomics of people's parts and smacking in faces and and you get backlash hits from different things and. Listen, it was a traumatic experience, so I'd rather not go into, into it. But Ring of Honor was cool. It was cool to be there. <laughs> it's cool. You had to team up with the GPA um, guy who, I, you know, both y'all and freelance. And, you know, how, how was it doing it along with, alongside GPA on Ring of Honor? So it was cool. I've actually never shared the ring with GPA before. Really? Uh, you know, I think surprising. GPA, overall swell guy. Uh, I think he's fantastic. I think Laney's fantastic. And, you know, I... I think 
Jeff is one of those guys that's extremely underrated. You know, he's been around on the scene for Chicago for quite some time. And I don't think, I don't think people realize how great that he is at making moments. Um, so to like be able to share that experience with him was cool, you know, because I know what Jeff brings to the table. I know how talented he is. And for me, you know, that was my first time doing any extra work for AEW, for ROH, for any of that. So, or, you know, doing a match rather. Um, and for it to be on the anniversary of my fourth, my fourth year in wrestling was, it was really cool. Like, I'll be honest with you guys, like outside of all the funny stuff that's happened, like it's been a real uphill battle, my career for me, man. Like I, I was wrestling with a, with a messed up knee and, and tore a bunch of ligaments and, and missed an entire, I missed the entirety of 2022. You know, I was able to manage, but, um, so missing that year of my career coming back, I had six bone spurs pulled out of my arm in June. So I had to miss a couple months from that. You know, on top of all of that, starting my career right before a global pandemic. So it's been, it's, you know, wrestling doesn't owe us anything. And I've already been kind of a bitter prick with the way that I've been treated my whole life. So like, I'm used to, I'm used to eating a lot of uh, crap sandwiches, if you will. But, you know, to, to take a step back and kind of have that moment where it's like, damn, like, this is, you know, this is, whether it's a graphic on social media for somebody or, or, you know, whether it's the biggest thing that they do, it's 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 still a moment that you can take around and just look and soak everything in and be like, wow, like this is cool. Like not everybody gets to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of this being the first experience on a, a bigger platform like that and all the crap sandwiches that, that you have eaten, did you get to take advantage of the actual catering at Ring of Honor? Because we've heard varying experiences about people being like feeling comfortable eating the food backstage, not feeling comfortable, kind of, you know, did, how did, how is that with like the catering and the backstage vibe uh, being there at Ring of Honor? It's, I mean, it was cool. Like I ate, I, I ate a lot of chicken and rice that day. <laughs> um, it was at the Wintrust Arena. So like I've been, I've, I've been backstage at a few of these different shows before. Uh, I've been to a few of the different venues and like I, the first time I was there, Cody was still there. So like I was still under him and QT's tutelage. So like it makes a situation like that a lot easier because they'll tell you straight up, especially QT, like QT is probably one of the most straightforward people I've ever met. And I have a tremendous respect for him for that because, you know, he'll be like, this is what, this is what you don't do. You know, they're not going to necessarily tell you what to do. They're going to tell you what not to do because the rest of it's just kind of common sense. You know, it's, um, but they're very, they're very cool about like, listen, like everybody's, everybody's allowed to eat, but you know, you got to know your role when you're there, right? Like I'm not somebody that's, I'm not, you know, a Will Ospreay. I'm not signed to like some multi-million dollar contract and I can just walk around and do whatever I want. I'm going to make sure that everybody else is eating and stuff first, but um, they're very good to extra talent. So I, I was, I, you know, I'm not grateful for a lot of things in life, but I'm really grateful for the experience that I got there. I have a follow-up about the Nightmare Factory and stuff. Sure. But Jeremy, did you have any anything? No, I knew that? you were going to follow up with that, so I was going to let yeah. you know. <laughs> Just well, the, the, reason, the reason we brought up catering is because we've heard everything from people like ta like Brannigan, for instance. But basically, it sounded like he brought a sack back there and took food home. And Cole <laughs> Radrick was afraid to go eat the corn, and he regrets it because he was like, you know. So Cole Radrick's a weirdo, though, man. Like, <laughs> like here's the thing, I. I hate this prick so much. I don't know who I hate more, him or Matt Brannigan. So I let this prick stay at my house, and he's he's coming back from uh, England. He's he's, he's yeah. doing this big tour in the UK, which proud of him. Like that kid, as much shit as I give him, I will say like he his ability to connect with fans and and to 
he's he is genuinely a good human being but sometimes there's people that are just so nice and so good that i'm like i just want to punch you in the mouth all the time but he comes back home and i'm like let's get some food man he's like yeah you know everything over there sucks he's like i just like all i can eat is just chicken tenders and they have to be dry he's like we got to go to buffalo wild wings we got to get uh i want to get boneless wings no sauce i'm like so you want chicken tenders is what you're telling me. You want chicken fingers. You want me to take you, do you want me to take you somewhere with the kids menu? They didn't have chicken fingers. So I'm sure that's probably why Cole didn't eat. But um, usually there's a decent amount left at the end of the night too, where they'll just be like, Hey, grab it. Like I stay away from the sweets because I have the worst sweet tooth. But then at the end of the night, like I'll kind of like make a, I'll like make a box and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to leave this. And then if other people, because I have friends that are there too. And I'm like, hey, like if you want this dessert, I packed it up. Don't know if you got to eat or not. And then they say, oh no, just take it. Then I'll be like, all right, cool. Like I'm gonna eat like six cookies before I leave this venue today. But you know, yes. After I get my ass kicked and, and Bronco busted for the world <laughs> to to see first. There you go. Well, yeah, I guess so. So, so going into the Nightmare Factory a little bit. You know, we mentioned you and Hayden uh, both trading there and wrestling each yeah. other recently, and. Um, I'm about as big of a loud and proud Cody Rhodes fan as you will ever find. I, yeah. and so anyone who has trained with him with nightmare factory, um, anything that has to do with that, I'm always interested just to know more about your experience there. And, um, just kind of, uh, just, just seeing so much talent at kind of every level and every kind of company that's kind of coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of like just your overall, just kind of thoughts and your experience so like my- like being a part of that. Sure. So for me, you know, I, I try to look at things differently and I don't, I don't want to say this to like throw people under the bus. I mean, honestly, I don't give a shit because in today's day and age, everybody's get feelings, get hurt over everything. You know, there's a lot of people that go into those camps with the idea that like, I'm going to get a look at, and, and when I went, like I said, Cody was still with AEW at the time. Right. So him and QT are both there. I think a lot of people look at these camps as like, that's my way to get signed. I'm going to get signed right away if I go to this camp. If I spend this money, I'm going to get to this camp. Um, and I just I knew that that was bullshit from the jump. You know, I, 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 I was looking at it as we're in a time where, like, it was towards the end of the pandemic before shows started to come back, but they were kind of starting to. So I was like, I want to take my education and my training to the next level. You know, I think people see me out there and they're like, oh, haha, he's funny. He does this and that. But, like, I'm a student of the game. Like, I, I, I love this business. I have since I was a child. I mean, the, the hard work and, and eating all the shit sandwiches. I'm like, I, as much as it sucks, like, I live for that kind of stuff because you're always grinding for something. And um, when I got there, I think they had their guard up at first because, like, who is this, who's this loudmouth douchebag walking around in leopard print? You know, like, I, I, I know I, people look at me and I have a punchable face. But as I got to know them, like, I would ask a lot of questions and, and, you can kind of sort out like who's asking questions just to see like where to kind of gauge like interest versus like who's asking questions on things that they're going to genuinely get better. And I think there was one day in particular, um, I just wasn't having a good day. Like I just, I, the, the strength and conditioning was fine, but like my in-ring, like it, you, you have an off day here and there and QT used me as an example and I was like, thank you. I was like, what else, you know, I was like, what else did I do wrong? And he goes, why are you thanking me? I just reamed you in front of an entire class. And I told him, I'm like, because if you don't tell me what I'm doing, that's not working, how am I going to get better? Um, and those are the things that I look for. You know, I think I, we're, we're, 
in a day and age where it's like everybody can get online and say, you know, oh, this was fantastic, this was awesome, this was that, but like, then, then to the contrary, you're going to get people to say that everything sucks. But to be able to spend time with people that have the experience that guys like Cody and QT do, like, you'd be a fool not to listen to what they have to say. Um, and then on the other side with, like, stuff with Cody, like, I think Cody helped me out a lot with, like, the presentation of who I am. Um, I've always been a firm believer in, in, you know, dressed for the job that you want, not for the job that you have. So, I mean, even on the indies, I'm always, I'm pretty much always dressed up. You know, I'm always wearing a nice shirt and pants. And it's, you know, especially for a couple of places when I was first going and setting up, like, I've gotten a lot more opportunities based off of merit. You know, I might be a prick, but like, I still work my ass off. And I think people see that and they're like, okay, Andy dresses well on top of that. Like, let's give this guy an opportunity. And I think Cody saw that in me and he was like, hey, like, you know, when we got invited back there, he was like, I really appreciate you coming and dressing up. Um, it's casual at, at AEW, but if you, you know, it's, it's the little things like that. And just on top of that, like promos too, like, you know, he, he they push you in a room with just him and it's like, you know, you can, you can either cut a promo on somebody or like cut a promo explaining who you are and, and why you are the way that you are or, or what makes this person tick. And I did that. And like, man, I, I, the conversations that I had with him, like just really nailing down, like the presentation and just, you know, he's like, when you talk, it's not, he's like, you're not selling me something. You're, I believe what you're saying because this is you. And I think authenticity in wrestling is something that's very much lacking in, in all regards. You know, I, I, people want you to believe that this, this and that, but like in reality, like they're not, you know? Um, so for me to, to, to have the background that I do and be like, this is who I am and, and put it out there. Like he showed me how to make that marketable. Um, you know, being yourself is marketable in, in any regard, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like, I could sit here and I could cry about, oh, well, people boo me and, oh, people treat me like shit. Or I can slap Rudist on a t-shirt and make it not look like a wrestling shirt and be like, wow, that's pretty sick. I'm going to buy that. You know, I sell my, I sell my stuff to more people that aren't wrestling fans that are because you're, you're, it's not just, it's, it's also looking past just the wrestling aspect, you know, things that transcend the wrestling world to, to pop culture. Like you look at things like the NWO logo is like, dude, I can't tell you how many people I've seen that like have no idea what wrestling is or never heard of it. And, and they wear that shirt. Nowadays, it's not as common because wrestling's in a boom period. But um, yeah, sorry for such a long rant, but no, my experience was fantastic. Awesome. I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about people normally, but I can't sing to the praises of, of Cody and QT enough. And like, neither of them, you know, neither of them are in a position where they can get me a job. So I have no reason to, 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 you know, make it's like. If you go in there to learn, you're going to learn, you know, but it's the, the thing about the school is like it was like Disneyland of pro wrestling. You know, you get a little bit of everything. The strength and conditioning program I had was top notch. Um, I think between fighting two injuries, the reason why I've been able to bounce back at the strength that I'm able to and, and, and get past that is because of these programs. What I've learned about nutrition with counting my own macros and, and with everything that I cook and prep, like counting out what I'm doing, like. There's just so much more that goes into what we do than, than the bumps in the ring. And, um, you know, I, the education I got there was, was next to none. You know, I think there's a lot of people that 
take advantage of it and it's like, oh, well, I'll just get a match from Dark from this or like, oh, I'm just going to say that I got trained by these guys. Like, you know, I, I, I bring it up because I'm, I'm appreciative of what they've taught me, but I'm not one of those guys that likes to shove it down in my face and in other people's faces because um, I don't believe that a school is good enough to get somebody booked because at the end of the day, you know, and Cody will say it, you still got to do the work. So not to take a page out of his book too much, like a Mark, but I mean, it's, it's the truth. Mark all Hell day, yeah. baby. All day. I'm a massive Mark. I'm, I'm a big do the work guy myself, Trevor. So I, um, Jensen, I feel like, I feel like you're ready to run through a wall after. Dude, after honestly, man, like I get scary, that hat. do it. Get that hat. Get oh, that. No, oh, oh, there's a whole story behind that. Yeah, dude. There's a whole so, story about this. without getting into it too much. I, the plan and everyone who's watching the show knows this. The plan was had Cody Rhodes defeated Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 for the title. I was going to appear on our show live and I was going to have, I had an appointment to get my hair dyed and I was going to get the the logo tattooed on my arm. And I was going to like, I was, I was ready. I was ready for it. And then he lost. So now hopefully he gets the job done at WrestleMania 40 and I'm going to, I'm going to actually do it. And to, and to that point with the logo, I have a lot of people asking me because I got so much Cody Rhodes merch that I'm wearing around in public. People randomly ask me like, that's a pretty, like, what is that? That's pretty cool. Like, or they remember like the old stone cold skull and they're like, that's kind of yeah. like that. That's pretty badass. Like, so even to your point of just like marketing yourself, but dude, I, I pretty much any follow-up I could have had, you answered all in that. And that was like one of the best, we, we've interviewed a lot of people. That was one of the best answers we've ever had. So I, I really appreciate you. you telling us all I, that about <laughs> your, your experience. Like that, that's you. great stuff. I can, man, I can go, I can go on forever. So like sometimes like, and you know what it might be, if, it might be an Italian trope that we just we go on and we talk with our hands. It might be because I've gotten dropped on my head and I just love to, to ramble. But um, man, like I could I could go for days about you know the things that I've learned there, and it's it's crazy because I mean even after Black Label, like you know all of the the stuff, the positives that I got about Creed and, and this and that, like I got some feedback from you know one of my coaches about like what I could have done better, and like I'll be honest with you guys, he hated it. He ripped me apart. It was one of those critiques that, like, if some other people read it um, or got that, like, if they got that same critique, like, they probably would have quit. But, um, you know, I, I'm grateful to take to have that because as much as, like, the entertainment of the fans is most what's most important, you know. And, and Mikey loved it. Mikey called me afterwards, and he was like, you're a crazy bastard, but, like, my kids love wrestling now because of you. They asked me if you're going to be at the shows, and he's like, you're a prick, but like, I can't not have you there. Not only do the people want to see you get your ass kicked, my kids want to see you in general. So, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that that make me feel like, okay, you know what, maybe I'm doing the right things, but um, there's always more that can be done. You know what I mean? Like there's always more to be done. And I, 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 as many people as I want to kick in the mouth and as many people as I'm ready to disrespect in 2024, like, I don't want that to deter people from the fact that like, I love pro wrestling. I think pro wrestling is stupid as hell, but I think it's the greatest thing in the world. And, uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm fully healthy at 110%, I'm, I'm at my strongest I've ever been. Um, I'm arguably in the best shape I've ever been. Like, I'm, I'm really ready to hit, hit the ball rolling next year. I, I can tell you, you, you sold fans there, my, myself included. Uh, our, our, my, my friend shared Delaware, my wife at home, the kids. Uh, I, got, I got kids and they were watching uh, and they're like, there's there's our stepdad singing and they're like who who's singing to and it's like it's trevor trevor outlaw and they're like 
I don't know if we like him or not, but Jeremy's into him. So I guess we like him. Like, it's cool. So like, yeah. you, you have People... sold more tickets now because of this. <laughs> Hell yeah. People love to hate me, but you know what? I think it's one of those things that like, it's, we all got somebody like, you know what? If I can be, if I can be somebody's Cole Radrick, then I'm okay with that. You know, to me, he's, God, I'm like, you just want to punch him in the face, but you know what? I want to give him a hug sometimes. And I get that a lot. You know, it's, it's one of those things, like, I hear that way more than I should, where people are like, we hate you, but like, you're also entertaining as hell. Like, we want to come back. And I'm like, maybe I should go to therapy because like, shit like <laughs> this is like, it really messes with my brain. Like, I think I've gotten more brain damage from like the things that people have said to me um, than some of the, the moves I've taken in the ring. And it's not even like, oh, you're on a shame or this or that. It's just like, it's just like weird things that like, why would somebody say that? Like, you're horrible, but I want to see more of you. Like, <laughs> all right. I, I don't know what you mean by that. I hope it's wrestling and I hope it's not like something weird and, and derogatory. But I mean, hey, you know what? You just keep on keeping on, you know, every like everybody needs somebody to hate. You know, I, it's, it's and if I'm I'm fueled by hatred, you know, when I was in school, when I was in amateur wrestling, like I wasn't, you know, I was the kid on the team that like the football kids didn't like me because I wasn't, I wasn't from their world, but like, I was so going to kick ass. Like I was going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for that run and cut that weight when I had to. And like, you know, there's nothing that makes Trevor outlaw and there's nothing that fuels me more than having just a room full of people that hate my guts and proving every single one of them wrong. And whether it's proving them wrong with, with a win, with the quality of my match or, or turning people around to be like, you know what? Maybe he's not that much of an asshole after all. Then I guess I'm doing something right. You know, that's all I can ask for. I think in pro wrestling, the biggest compliment is I hate you, but I also just want to keep watching you. Yeah. And I mean, hey, if, that, <laughs> if that's selling tickets, like at the end of the day, like my job, my job is to put asses in seats. So, you know, I guess and I, maybe that's why I'm able to brush it off because I think I realized like, listen, whether you love me or whether you hate me, if you're paying money to come see me, then I'm doing my job. And to the promoters, pay attention to that. Because while you have 30,000 other people that are doing the same shit, or you want to have a group of untrained people because you can book them for free, maybe take a look at investing into somebody that will actually invest in your people. I want to bring bring up circle back to to the cake thing you talked about so here's where here, here's where like we're on the same wavelength here here trevor like you're legitimately like one of, one of my new favorite wrestlers of, of all time like i'm just like anything trevor outlaw i'm down for right now so the cake stuff you mentioned it's tough to get out of your beard i'm a man who has taken a cake to the face yeah. my wife threw this at me on the show it's very difficult oh. to get out of your beard look at that you, you know, got it you more, know this you got pain, it more in, like, the brows. You got it like see the brows are hard to get it out too. Like yeah, it's it's not fun. No. Did you make her sleep on the couch after that? No, I even I had to sleep on the couch. Oh, after oh, bro, bro, bro. oh. it's terrible. You can't do that. You can't do that. Listen, my girlfriend smacked me on live camera at a show, and I told her you're sleeping on the couch tonight. And I had myself, my dog, <laughs> and her dog. Hey, shut up! I'm putting you over. <laughs> see, he heard me talking about him. Yeah. I had all the dogs in my bed, and she slept on the couch. I might have gotten slapped again the next day, but that's that's neither here nor there. But you got to put your foot down, man. Oh, she threw it right at me, and then you know you see it like it gets yeah. it's all over your face. It's very difficult to get it out. It's well, very and it's tough. and it's like it's not even just the cake itself. There's like uh like the moisture, like the grease 
from it. Yeah. Too. It's like mm. you can feel, you can keep wiping it off, but you're gonna feel it, and it just it's it's not fun. Like your your beard's a little bit more reasonably length, so it wasn't too too bad. But mine was mine was you can see like probably down to here at the time. It was like down past oh. my chin. So it's like I'm combing it and I'm picking stuff out, and it's just like it was a nightmare. Yeah, like legit, like. I couldn't stop getting finding little chunks and pieces out of it. I was so grossed out. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. No but more see, cake. I, I, I want no, no more confetti cannons. No more cake. <clears throat> no more Brannigan shenanigans. <laughs> None of it. And no more promoters no. making me fight my best friends, okay? Because it's going to blow up in your faces, and then we're going to form the greatest tag teams ever. You know what? I, I'm going to give you guys a Fightful exclusive right now. Hayden Backlund and I, I don't know exactly when, but we're coming for the BLP Tag Team Championships. That's I'm, I'm making that declaration here. I have a pin over the current, one half of the current BLP Tag Team Champions. And now that I have a partner, we are going to run Black Label Pro into the ground. I'm talking yes. two-hour shows. I'm talking shows with 10 matches or less. And I'm, tell, I'm talking a hell of a lot more Trevor Outlaw. And you know what? If Jeremy and Steven, if you guys are there, there will be a lot more Creed, too. Ooh, All of I this, love it. Right? Jensen will tell you, I don't need my wrestling shows lasting more than two and a half hours. I don't Freeze. need my matches. Matches, the sweet spot for me is like 13 to 18 minutes. Uh, Anything over 18 minutes, nope, get it out of here. You're speaking my language, Charlie. I'm getting paid go. the same amount. Listen, I get paid the same amount of time to wrestle if I kick somebody's ass in 10 minutes or less than I would if I do it an hour. Why the hell would <laughs> I want to wrestle for an hour? Yes. I'm with you. So there's some, some, some old-ass man who's who's probably chewing on 30 blue chews or whatever the hell he's promoting on his show to uh, to throw some stars in my face? No, thank you. Throw some dollars in my face. I'll tell you what. You want me to wrestle for an hour? I want to get paid to wrestle for an hour versus to wrestle for um, 10 minutes. Maybe we'll do something where it's like a timer. We're like, here, you get 10 minutes. And if you want me to if, – if I don't lose in 10 minutes, then I'm just going to get out and go home because I've I've done my time. Um, and if you want me to wrestle longer, the longer it takes me to knock somebody out, then it's just more money you got to pay me. So See, it's there's a lot of factors that go into that, and I just don't think that promoters have time for it. So this is what I loved about your match this past weekend is you did the double pin, and everyone's like five more minutes, five, and, uh, no, and like, no, yeah, yeah. no, you gotta pay me this. People even knew like <laughs> they, they they moved it from five to three, and even then you were like, no, we're not doing even three. Like we're not doing anything. I'm out of here. No. I said, listen, I'm not going to wrestle longer than I have to, and I will never wrestle more than one time on a show. If I'm wrestling more than one time, you're paying me twice. End of story. I called Mikey out, and I said, Mikey, I'm not wrestling twice in a day, and if, if you aren't, you're, you're giving me double pay. And he went like this. So I said, you know what? No, no more time for you guys. But there would be more time for Creed. There was more time for Creed. So Loved it. Loved every second. Loved every second of it. Now, I hope you get that tag team title match because you, of course, are referring to your victory over Davey Bang, one half yeah. of Bang and Matthews, formerly known as the – I don't even say it anymore. You, know, you all know who they used to be. The um, That would be a great match. So so hopefully we see that soon. Hayden Blackland and yourself, Trevor Outlaw, taking on Bang and Matthews for those BLP tag team titles. I'd love to see it. I you recently it. had a shot at Kevin, Kevin Q and his Black Little Pro heavyweight title. That didn't happen. We don't yeah, want to talk about that. It didn't go so well. But but hey, but you can rebound here with the tag title. That, that's what I'm getting at here. Like, we can forget about all that, right? Yeah, we can forget about that. That didn't happen. But I did pin Davey Bang. And they left me hanging, man. I, I You know, <laughs> I, I brought those boys to the tag titles. I, I was the reason that they became the BLP champions. I'm 
I was the one that was saying best in the Midwest before anybody else was about them. And then they leave me hanging for Jordan Oliver, and I get kicked in the face by two cold Scorpio. So I don't forget. Like, I may have gotten one strike on Davey Bang, and I won the battle, but I will also win the war. So we're we're pushing for that. We're pushing for Trevor Alwell just take over the entire BLP promotion because these are the best ideas I've ever heard. And Trev Label Pro, dude, TLP. Let's do there it. There we go. There we go. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you at. Are we skipping yeah. our regular question? Or are we at round well, time? He's he's not in his office. Or oh, he's in I his guess office. true. We oh, always we ask. Will, we will ask it. We'll we ask always it. ask the coolest thing yeah, in your okay. room. If you have something right, cool in your room, what's the coolest thing? What is the coolest thing, thing in your room, Trevor? What's the coolest thing in my room? So yeah. we're in my office right now. Yeah. I'm gonna say this six hundred dollar uh, desk chair that I just bought. It's super nice. <laughs> I think it's a nice chair. No, you know what? I'm I'm lying. I'm gonna tell you what the greatest thing in this room is right now. I got I got some wrestling figures in here. Yeah. And you know what? You can say shit about being a toy guy, but here's the deal. Corporate America sucks. And if I look at these and it makes me not want to chop my head off, I'll tell you the greatest thing in this room. Steely Dan can't buy a thrill on vinyl. Nice. Of all time. Nice. There you go. I very yeah. much respect the action figure collecting. Uh, my office behind me, actually, I'm currently in my living room, but I'm I am full of of action figures myself. So I, I yeah, I I very much respect it, Trevor. Good. I got a nice window still keeps me busy. I love that. And you got that Cody Rhodes uh, AW Supreme there in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Go. The the, Go. the the RVD and the Jeff Hardy though, those ones are. Those yeah, are those great. Some good ones for me too. I got some good ones in there. Oh yeah. I apologize, Jensen. I, I went because he was in his office. I wasn't thinking. I was like, ah, but Trevor has a very nice office. Hey, not, anytime anytime nice I can office. put over Steely Dan, brother, I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? There like if it's right, now, now, now Trevor, where where can the people find you at? Find me at the Trevor Outlaw on all socials, uh slash Trevor Outlaw for merchandise. I've got some more stuff coming out soon. I'm a very big proponent on um the designs that i have like it'll be on like different shirt styles or materials that you can't really get uh online so i always recommend like find me at a show um keep an eye out for 2024 you know it's been an uphill battle but uh, i got a lot of good things coming in the works next year and uh just stay tuned you know i'm sure everybody says that but um you know i'm, I'm not going down quietly not next year of all years no way coming up on year five i'm ready to do some big things I look awesome. forward to it. I look forward to continuing to follow your career again. You've you made multiple fans for life this past weekend. Um, so we appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, yeah, guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. We're back. Big thank you to Trevor Outlaw for joining us in the creator spotlight. Big thank you to all of you tuning in, watching, listening, however you are consuming this show we appreciate it we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the spotlight somebody new in the creator spotlight in the world of wrestling talking all the news and happenings and whatnots in wrestling until then you guys can head over to fight overbooked check out in the weeds uh every single monday wednesday and friday 10 a.m eastern to noon eastern uh we had an interview with brian myers Yesterday on the show, tomorrow, we have an interview with Sam from Ultra Pro Wrestling and Katrina Creed will be joining us on the show tomorrow. That's at 10 a.m. Eastern on Fightful Overbooked. Also tomorrow on Fightful Overbooked at 3 p.m. Eastern, it is coexisting with Rob and Maggie. You might have seen Maggie in the chat today. Rob and Maggie every Friday is 3 p.m. Eastern. 
coexisting. We also have a new episode of New Japan Bread Club that is up on Five Flavor Booked as well. Go check that out. New episode of Indeed with Mike and Reg. They had Speedball Mike Bailey on the show yesterday. Go check that out. Indeed with Mike and Reg on Fightful Overbooked yesterday. Go to Fightful.com, all your news information in the world of wrestling. Go to FightfulSelect.com, all the scoops in the world of wrestling. And guys, we'll be back next week here on the Spotlight. Thank you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Busy, busy weekend in the world of professional wrestling. We have MLW tonight, ROH, Impact as well. Impact and AAA show is tonight. Tomorrow is SmackDown. Saturday is Impact Final Resolution. NXT deadline, AEW collision. Maybe there's a day off on Sunday, although I'm sure there's a bunch of independent shows that everybody can check out. And then the cycle starts again next week. We appreciate you guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again, as always, for the support. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.